0: The number one financial destination Yahoo! Finance.com.
1: What's good, Internet? It is Friday, September 13th, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 263. I'm your host, Austin Walker. I've come in from the cold. I've, I'm going to go back to the cold as soon as we've done this podcasting, you know, <laughs> because I still have a couple days left on my vacation. But I'm here to talk about all the important things, and I'm here to talk about them with Ricardo Contreras here in it, Brooklyn. It.
2: It's like seven it was eighty-five yesterday. Going back into
1: the cold. <laughs> I got a fan set up and everything.
3: Patrick Klepik also here. It's, it's, yeah, it was ninety degrees on Tuesday and now it's seventy two. <laughs> Brr also legitimate tornado oh. running yesterday. I went into the, the the lower basement with my daughter and my dog because Wait. I got like <laughs> no. pause a notification I got the lower Yeah,
1: How many basements do you is, have? Are the you? lower
3: floor. We have, oh, a, okay. we have a split level, so gotcha. it's not like a basement, but it's like a pseudo-basement because it's like halfway between underground. Okay. I thought you were describing
1: LB. your house like a Resident Evil like, dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, we got a basement, and then and we the, got the, the lower, lower
3: basement. basement.
1: <laughs> That's where you find all the deep lore.
3: LB1, LB2. LB one, LB one, LB yeah,
1: exactly. It jumps to LB5. I don't know what happened to 3 and 4. You'll have to get the DLC uh, for but, those.
3: I've never gotten the, like, the like emergency notification on my phone, like a Amber Alert type thing. And uh, like, I'm sitting there like, my daughter's eating food. And then all of a sudden I got, you know, I've got my headphones on. I'm listening to a podcast and I'm while well, I'm making dinner and just like, and it's like, it like, it's wow. It's loud.
1: <laughs> Rob Zachney, I hope you've had no tornado warnings, though I do appreciate the uh, physical force now possible in your homestead. Thanks to those giant speakers I see behind you.
4: Yeah, uh, no, no tornadoes here, but a lot of sonic hurricanes when I crank uh. <laughs>
5: these babies. I see.
3: I see. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of a lot of interesting discourse in my mentions because of Rob. Oh my god, I saw some the of the sound, the audio, the audio discourse.
1: Uh, you know, audio
4: you- and class. That's they're they're related. This is the point you did not understand. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, Rob.
1: Which which type of class are we talking about? Here, Are we talking about? Because it sounds like we're talking about capital c class is in is your purchase of a hi fi <laughs> stereo system class warfare
3: <laughs> which 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 bourbon should i be drinking this kind of class god
1: how's everyone doing how has everyone been in the last couple of weeks it's it's been a minute for me and it feels like the world has kept turning Uh, And from the outside, y'all have been doing a really good job. Uh, You have not only made podcasts about Rob's speaker uh, (laughs) uh, purchases, but also about video games and news in the world of video games and everything else. But there was one thing you didn't – it turned out no one here I I felt like could tackle. Um, And so I had to take a step up to the plate, uh, and I wrote a review of (laughs) Damon X Machina, the the mech game du jour. (laughs) As only as only I could. That's not true. I feel like I actually feel like Cato has.
2: I could maybe.
1: I think
4: you could do it. And I, I feel like not, this here's is the, the, the start thing. It would of be Austin's different. Vegas period.
1: What's that mean? What do you mean? Oh, I see what you're saying. Here, you're right. Here, as only he can, as only can, is
4: your Austin Walker. That's right. With a mech game review, with a mech, and here. you come out in like a really like just gaudy. cheesy suit, like yeah. just like it's velour but shiny. Hey everybody, and how's you it just going? sort of sit down, and you're like. Let me tell you about my favorite Gundam series. It is the and Black it's different Jack every been, uh, time. Everyone's just like, oh, damn, what's it going to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's also, uh, actually
1: before we get into the into the mech review, we're talking about something else very important. Kato and I went to go see a Gundam yeah. movie <laughs> a couple Speaking of days of, ago. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to turn this into a waypoint, but that was a really fun experience. I I've, I've only seen Gundam in a in a theater uh, once. Um, I've seen, like, anime in a theater a dozen times, maybe. But seeing uh, a particular Gundam uh, movie that is, I wouldn't say a good movie, um, Mm. but with an audience (laughs) that's tuned in and that is reacting to the moments, is was really great. Yeah,
2: Um, it was super fun. And, yeah, that movie had, like, luckily up front, before the show started, they, like, gave context to how that movie was produced, which was... It used to be TV scripts. Yeah. And you can tell.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, like- like, it's like the first act of a 50-episode TV show, except compressed into two hours. And yeah. I don't mean that they shot 15 episodes or 13 episodes or whatever. I mean, he had scripts for them. And then they were like, eh, you're not going to get this as a series. Yeah. And he was like, well, then we'll do it as a movie. I'm like, all right. That means that there's going <laughs> to Go be ahead. really weird compression issues in this yeah. story. That means that like a character is going to be in a fight... It's going to cut like to recognize that the fight ended and then the next scene is the same character in a different space colony infiltrating a palace with no connective tissue (laughs) at all. Uh, But it was a blast. I'm really glad uh, that we got to see it was a Gundam F91 for those curious. Um, uh, So that was fun and that was a great uh, way to top off a week for me playing Damon X Machina a uh, review of which is up on the site now. Um, I think people remember that a few months ago when they released the first demo, mm-hmm. uh, I was pretty skeptical of the game. Um, it has a great crew on it, uh, including some folks who worked in the old Armored Core games, nice. uh, including uh, some fantastic people from the world of mech anime. Um, but I was like, okay, this just doesn't feel good. Like the first most important thing about these games it just doesn't feel good. This isn't going to be the one that gets people into it. But then it came out and uh, I spent 25 hours or so playing through all the main content. And I think maybe the best thing I can say about this game is last night with the review written, I went back and was like doing side objectives that I'd, that I'd skipped over. Not even side missions, but like main missions I'd cleared with side bonus objectives that I hadn't managed to put together. And so that was really fun. Um, uh it is a third-person, like, shooter-style action thing, like the Armored Core series, that is filled with a lot of uh, anime bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It has some great third-act turns that are either incomprehensible or really solid, depending on what your tolerance is for that sort <laughs> of thing. But I think more than anything, I just like how the game feels. Um, I put some gifts in there, and it, like, in that review...
2: So that demo got framey. Does it still have those issues? No,
1: it's like this, it's actually really, it's really solid in That's terms great. of in terms uh, at least in on uh, my screen. Like yeah. In handheld mode, it got a little framier, I want to say sure. maybe. Yeah. Um, I only played it in, in handheld mode a little bit. I mostly played it on a big screen. Um, and I didn't get to try the ridiculous hoary. Sticks or like control thing that they're releasing for, but I did order that. Did you see that? Oh, it looks like they split a Switch Pro or Xbox Three Hundred and (laughs) Sixty controller into. And I cannot wait to have that for other games because my hands cramp on the Switch a lot. I don't know if that's like a me thing, but having just a Switch Pro style controller that I can hook to that thing to play on my couch is I'm excited about.
2: I I don't know. I think I'm of the few people that for some reason the Switch feels right. Right. I think I have slightly smaller hands than average, or something. Yeah, but it's comfortable. Yeah. So, like that thing seems ridiculous <laughs> to me, but like only because I've never had the that kind issue. of issues. Yeah. That people. It's mostly yeah. when I'm playing something for a long time. It
1: happened. Like yeah, it funny. happened right away when I first got the Switch with Breath of the Wild because I was playing it for such long periods. Mm. But I kind of was like, I'm just gonna fight through it. I want was play that this in game. handheld it mode in hand specifically? Held. Handheld mode. Yeah. It's, if I had does separated it, them, I'm fine.
2: Or in what about in the grip?
1: What do you mean? In, in the grip, I'm fine, too. But I'm okay. talking about when I'm holding Just the like sword. sideways, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, like. The thing that I think is, like, super interesting about Damon X Mach, and I've tweeted a little bit about this, is, and I'm curious from Robin Patrick, if you have this sort of thing, um, is the way in which it is such a niche. It is responding to a niche audience, or it is for a niche audience in the sense that it is so clearly a follow-up to those old Armored Core games. Um, and those games have their differences. If you're a diehard, you know what those differences are, but from the outside, those are the games what you kill giant robots in, uh, and it was really interesting to think about how to frame a review for a wider audience, for a game that is maybe trying to hit that wider audience, knowing that I'm in that niche, and and wondering, should I, to what degree should I um, restrain my the knowledge that i have and the affection that i have for that niche to what degree should i try to translate that experience i thought a lot with this game rob with you in racing games specifically because of how much specifically the the argument i'm trying to make is with that with that review is that the thing i like about the game is the way in which you slowly come to understand and learn to have control of this thing that is faster than you that is that is a little out of control but both but like What do you do in that scenario as a writer? I'm curious for both of you when you know you're deeper into this thing than your audience might be.
4: I mean, usually my approach is to try to express the appeal as I see it, right? Like Mm. sort of get you to a place where you may not be into this thing, but imagine if you were. Here's what I see when I look at this thing you wouldn't necessarily see it, but why don't you look over my shoulder and try to see it right, through my eyes. Right, and right. then I can tell you why I feel this way about this game and not that one where, to, where it's like, if you're not into this, you don't care about it. They might appear equivalent or identical. Um, I like, I really like the passage in the Damon X Machina review where you're talking a little bit about how there's in shooters. They're, tends to be this idea of fluidity, seamlessness Mm -hmm. that is often sort of held up on critically as good thing. But the way you engage there as like, yeah, but with a mech game, not necessarily. Like fluid, smooth, reactive controls are not necessarily what I want. And actually things that other people might feel like find bad feeling or frustrating – To me, as someone who approaches these games looking for this particular feeling, for this particular experience to be evoked, that delay, that sort of cumbersomeness, this feeling of controlling a body not my own is kind of the point. And so I understand why people might be put off by this. But from my perspective, this is actually kind of a really smart touch that you might not think about.
1: Totally. I think there's like one really good example of that and how the game, like, communicated that with me over the course of play is so. there's a lot of types of mechs you can build in this game despite the fact that they're all just humanoid mechs right there. Humanoid mechs that can fly around, which is one type of mech that other mech games will sometimes in- include, other times exclude, and Armored Core games with which I put this in, in the lineage of, both include and also don't necessarily focus on, um, with some exceptions in that series. The old Armored Core games, you could just as easily be a big spider mech with like four legs, walking around that's like a stable, like heavy gunnery platform or a tank tread thing uh, in this you're always well, a huge playing. part
3: armored core is very much yes. about like customization right like you're building uh, you, like there was an identity tied to the mech you were building you were dealing with weight and mm-hmm. like constraints that it sounds like this game is more about it ha- built stuff that they're
1: it has customization. It has like a solid amount of customization, but the frame is the frame, right? You're not going to be on tank treads. You're not going to be on weird reverse jointed legs that can jump higher, but maybe and run faster, but maybe aren't as good at boosting or whatever. Um, it, You're not dealing with like fire control systems and <laughs> other types of like antennae and stuff like that, which is what like radars, which you were doing in, in Armored Core. This is like, all right, there are five parts to your body, legs, Torso, head, left arm, right arm. Uh, and then there are like two weapons you hold in each – one weapon in each hand. Backup weapons on your shoulders or on like your – you have like pylons. Um one shoulder-mounted weapon and then an auxiliary system, which is like, here's a cool thing you can do when you hit the Y button. For me, it was, I want to be able to get to the ground fast, so I have, like, downward-facing boosters, so I would hit that. that I left on basically uh, my whole- favorite
3: yoga move. <laughs>
1: downward thrusting <laughs> booster, exactly. <laughs> um, so there is that range in this game in the sense that you can have, like, a really fast mech that has Uzis and is, like, doing loops around people or a really slow mech that is, like, mostly on the ground and stomping around, but is still able to, to travel in the air. But the thing I was going to get to is the thing that I built was a sort of like mid-range thing because that's video games. I'm like, oh, I kind of want to be able to do a little bit of everything. I want to feel <laughs> everything out. Yeah. But my favorite gun in the game was a variation of one of the first guns I got, which was just this bazooka. Um, and early on in the game, I missed a lot with it. You're Firing us like rocket. And it goes past the enemy because it's a single shot. Uh, this is a game that does calculate like projectile speed, and so a fast like sniper rifle or railgun might take longer between rounds, but it's gonna hit because it's like boom, it's out the it's out the barrel, it's across the distance, it hits the enemy, and they go tumbling. The a rocket or a bazooka shell or whatever is slow, and you can see it traveling in space. And these are fast mechs and helicopters and drones, and so it was good on ground vehicles at first, and it was like fun to like you know zip past a turret and turn down and shoot the turret, and it blows up in a nice big. You know, uh, uh, dome of of fire, um, but against mechs, it was like my secondary weapon. Oh, I could hit it. I could hit them when they ran out of boost and they had to take to the ground for a second. I could hit them when they were up against a wall, and I knew even if I missed, the AOE would hit them. But over the course of gameplay, as I got better at reading angles, and as I got as I learned the limits of that weapon, and as I like adjusted by putting uh, an arm that had better you know tracking on it, I was suddenly able to hit these shots. Not by lining up a shot. Like again, the thing about these games is you don't have a reticle. You do have a reticle, but it, it is doing a lot of auto locking. It's as if your arms can automatically lock into anything that's within a certain like big reticle. It's like draw a circle on your screen, and anything in that screen in that range your arms are going to track to and aim at and that circle can get bigger if you have like a special head that you know robot head that can see wider that can aim more wide whatever the fuck it is whatever you want to talk about uh, it's like the firing range is is wider or or deeper sometimes it can see further it can it can track stuff a little bit further away but by the end of that game i was doing these motions where i was like flying past something shooting and you could see that i was leading the target with the rocket shell and part of that is knowing the angles and part of it is upgrading the mech and all of that stuff comes together in such a way that is just like Wow, this is awesome. And I wouldn't have gotten that feeling if at the start of the game I could just line up and shoot things the way I could in control, which is just doing a different thing, which I played over the break also a little bit more of. Yeah. That game fucking rules. Yeah. And I'm glad in that game to come out the gate, get a couple of powers, and feel ultimately super powerful, even if I also want, but I also want this other experience is really what I'm getting. I also do like that in a game like Damon X Machina, I can be like, whoa, this thing is not doing the thing I wanted to do. Right away, how do I okay, let me get a little bit more, let me get it uh, uh into my into my blood a little bit more, and then I can then I can really make it do the thing I want it to do.
4: Question for you to like to that idea of the progression of your character slash yeah, influencing the way just the game plays and feels. Something that I sometimes experience both in racing games, but also uh, Tie Fighters, good reference point here, mm. where less capable, cruder machines are more interesting to yeah. play with because of those limitations. Like having to have a have a jank ass rocket launcher that uh, cycles too long between rounds and has a ridiculous like long flight time because it doesn't have enough velocity. All these things make it tough to land those shots, but also they're enormously satisfying when you do land them. And I remember really well how, uh, for instance, in TIE Fighter, The first entire campaign you play in that game is all the original TIE Fighters from the movies. So the TIE Fighter, the TIE Interceptor, the Bomber. And all have really clear trade-offs that they've made. But they're all – you're vulnerable in kind of all of them. Uh, Later on in the expansions, they just start giving you super vehicles that like kind of – make a lot of the trade-offs you were having to weigh in your mind in the earlier missions kind of irrelevant. That's no longer what the game is about. And I'm curious, did that degree of empowerment in Daemon X Machina manage to move the uh, problem space into another interesting direction, or did it begin detracting from the satisfaction of mastery uh, for for, right. for your vehicle,
1: I, I will say that like in the back, in the final fifth of the game, there are a couple of fights that just become slogs in the sense that it felt like the only thing they could do is throw higher HP pools at you. Um, but those yeah. are broken up with really good boss fights, and even there, I'd say I'm thinking four fights in particular. I would say three of those four fights still wound up being very fulfilling because of the way they wrapped up some narrative stuff for me. Um, they're like big, you know, you're, you're squaring off against rival type shit. And it like, okay, cool. I'm still here for it. Um, the, the, I guess the other half of this to think about is mostly it doesn't have a progression curve tied to your mech that is linear. There are some uh, exclusions there, but like. The reason I kept using my bazooka from the beginning of the game the whole game was not because I wasn't unlocking other bazookas. It's because it was the one that I felt like I liked the most. Um, There was a rocket pod I kept going back to also that I liked more than the quote-unquote second or third or fourth tier ones. Um, It was probably not as strong as like the rocket pod that could fire 300 missiles in a row slowly over the course of a minute or two. But it launched 12 at once. Uh, and one, that's just a cool visual effect that I liked most of the game. Uh, and two, it it like felt like I'd build a strategy around that particular thing. So the mech parts, while there might be like Mark II or Mark III versions of a lot of them, they tend to have trade offs. There are exceptions. There are things. There's like a very slow curve. Um, but every step along the way with that curve, there's a range of options and you're still choosing between do I want the gun that can track things fast or the arm that can track things fast, uh, fast or do I want the one that's good at beam resistance or do I want the one that's whatever. The other half of this is that more traditional linear curve does exist in this game uh, and it's optional and it's a really cool thing that I actually didn't touch on in my in my review at all because I didn't really find the space for it. But there is um, there are like cyborg modifications you make to yourself, and that is a whole skill tree. There are three skill trees for your head, your torso, and your legs, where you upgrade your physical human body with robot parts. Um, And those give like flat bonuses like reload, reload time or extra melee damage but also some new abilities. One of the top tier ones that sells you teleport your mech like 30 feet for a big stamina cost what? which is a great ability to have because sometimes you're up against a wall and you're like I gotta get the fuck out of here or sometimes a giant you know dragon mech type thing or I guess it's more like a bug anyway is shooting at you like I cannot be here right now I have got to go and and being able to get that style of upgrade in this other tree was really cool Um, and I say it's optional one because it's like in a side room at your HQ that you need to like go over and run over to do it it's not a thing that like pops up every mission Mm -hmm. if you want to go dump money into it you can do that Um, two because it is reminiscent to me of an old system that the Armored Core games used to have called Human Plus which was their. it's like the reverse of new game plus it's also it's (laughs) like all right. so when Armored Core came out uh, Armored Core is a weird game and a hard game, and it was easy to lose money in that game. Uh, and in those games, if you ever went $50,000 into debt, you started with 10000 you made money from completing missions, you lost money based on like ammunition spent, failing side objectives, collateral damage, stuff like that, um, you would fail the game. The game would end. But then when you started another game, they gave you a Human Plus upgrade, Uh, which was like, you're a cyborg person, and so you get better cooling, you get better boosters, you get, you know, your uh, laser swords (laughs) are stronger and stuff like that. It was like a ninja dog mode in Ninja (laughs) Gaiden or something, but a little less insulting. They No one called you a fucking dog. They said that you were, in fact, a cool enhanced human, which is a nice way of framing it. And those sorts of bonuses are what are in this, like, upgrade tree that lets you, like, eventually get cyber eyes and double-jointed, you know, legs. Um, which also the other half of this thing is the, the reason that you have that stuff is you can get out of your mech in this game and fight on the ground. And there's like three or four missions that require you to mm-hmm. infiltrate a facility and steal a mech or whatever that way. But mostly it's if you get shot down, you're still in the game. You can eject from your mech and continue the mission on foot using like a laser blaster. Like it's it's almost like a mag from Fantasy Star Online. <laughs> Shout out to the Dreamcast, by the way. Happy 20th. Uh, or um, a... Patrick, what were those things called in in Near Automata? Like the little cube that shot? You have one Hot, of those? Pods? Yeah. Pods. Yeah, you have one of those in this game, basically, right. that can do like a charge blast or a bunch of regular blasts. And I actually beat a couple of giant like Shadow of the Colossus-sized bosses with that. Damn. I beat the final boss like that, now that I think about it. It like wrecked my mech and I'd almost gotten it down. I ejected and then used like the the human-sized character to beat the gigantic final boss, which, That's was, cool. which was very cool.
2: Is there any way to like take another mech or something? Or not? There's no stealing.
1: So the the thing that you can you can eventually unlock an ability to repair your own mech, but not once it's all the way dead. Right. Right. Uh, More than one occasion. I was like, I got to get out of this fucking fight. You've like, I had like two or three partners with me. they were fighting two or three other really strong mechs. I like left to go land on a building somewhere and repair. Uh, and on one occasion specifically, the fight got a little close to me. It was like, I got to get out of here. And I just jumped off the building thinking like, oh, and I'll come back up to repair my mech. On the, way, the first thought I had on the way down was like, oh shit, I'm just a human. I can't just boost around. I can't get back to my mech. Yeah. The second thought I had was... I just jumped off a skyscraper. <laughs> I am going to die. And I absolutely did. So, Good. when you land your mech to repair it, land it in a place where you cannot fall from. <laughs> Um, that stuff is fun. I, I In the end, this is a game that I – you go read the review on the site um, that I liked a lot, that I fit, that fit a need that I had, that I didn't have much faith that they would execute on after that first demo. Mm. Um, but they fixed so many things from that demo in a way that I – it was really impressive. It's not what I expected from a game published by Nintendo to so take notes on a beta build yeah. and – like turn it around um it just felt so good to play uh i still think it'll find a pretty small audience relative to like triple a nintendo releases um but it's good to have one of these and to feel like the space could come back alive a little bit um i obviously still want a new armored core game i still want mech souls i still want armored souls so badly from soft Uh,
3: i'm so (laughs) fast what are they what are they doing what are they doing i think it's a 2022 thing that's right in my gut i think i think so i think so many games at this point have been punted to next gen yes. in a way that uh yeah no elden ring this week either i so, know so, so one two i one was two punch so on. fucking sure we would get a teaser and that's or, a current that's a current that's a current gen game like is it eh, actually i feel no it's not i my guess is that it's both yeah, it's, yeah. we're gonna, gonna get a really lot of games off. that game is that game is yeah. next fall it is what you're gonna want to play it on Next gen machines, but it, it'll also come out on everything else. Yeah, damn. Yeah, definitely. But like, not a single thing but on yeah, Elden Ring this week. I, nothing yeah.
1: from Elden Ring. I don't think. I don't think that we'll see an Armored Core game until, like, you know, they've said, "Oh, we've not forgotten about the franchise. We're still working on it internally." That means something. That's a a very broad phrase. Working on it internally can mean concept
2: art. Yeah,
1: it can mean having you know a Skunk Works team of five people trying out different ideas, prototyping stuff. The thing to remember about the Armored Core games is. The from one and two and three are basically very similar games. Um three to four, big different different game. Like completely different in the way it feels, even if again from the outside, you're like, those are the same game. Four and five, completely different games for me, the person who loves Armored Core. You know, Armored Core Four, you're flying around nonstop. You have a cool particle shield around you. Armored Core Five, you're like, yo, war is hell. This machine is small and cramped, and I'm <laughs> in urban environments, and I have to switch radar modes to get anything done right, and it's all team based and is is like all like even more about heat management and data management, and and presumably Armored Core Six, whatever they do next with that thing, is going to be as different from Five as Five was from Four, as Four was from Three. Chrome Hounds, two, right, right. Like this is the thing. Is like Chrome Hounds is is. Almost only as different from Armored Core Three as Armored Core Four is from Armored Core Three. It's a little hmm. bit further than that. Um, I would uh, that's the actual thing, Patrick. Is Armored Core Five was basically Chrome Hounds Two with a focus sure. on more humanoid mechs. Like it had all of that weird shit around communications. You could have a player who was like your commander who was just seeing the map and ordering people around and giving information based on what they could see from the map. That is the type of game it was in multiplayer. Um, so I think, I
3: think the, the hope must be that like from software is just such a different studio yeah. than when they last were making those games. They are on the map in such a different way and must have access to resources in such a different way. Like when they decide to make a game, like they can get a check that is <clears throat> so much different yeah. and there's such a, they're a mainstream developer uh these days and so i just wonder if like a lot of the reason we haven't seen a new armored core is related to like what is it like the easy route is what like what we imagine which is just cool like you can do a souls adjacent (laughs) game that also took a lot of dna from armored core and like you you could see how they build that game but i think if you know the thing we've always been pleasantly surprised with from is their ability to sort of surprise so I, i wonder if some of the the lengthy lead time on this is related to just like, what do you, like, what even if yeah. you could do armored core all over again, do you keep it in like that box? Like the smaller armored machine or go like back
1: to a garage, how do you, right, right,
3: right. Yeah. How do you find a way to blow it out in and find a new identity for, for it? So I am sure they will make another one of those. But I, yeah, I, it, uh,
1: it's one of those things that's uh, interesting because I think given their fandom at this point, you could make, it's like with each successful game that they make, they gain the sort of goodwill to do something actually still in line with Armored Core. I think you go back to Dark Souls One hitting. If they were like, or Dark Souls Two, that that era, like if we have to put out, a, if we we're really going to try to hit it with Armored Core, you would see them put out something that is like as mainstream as possible. But at this point, with like the the buy in that they have. I actually feel like they could do something that still feels true, quote unquote, to what I expect from Armored Core, which is about all the stuff we've been talking about around not necessarily having. I mean, honestly, it's a lot of soul stuff, not necessarily having the uh, the direct input uh, to execution uh, connection that you might expect, uh, being very interested in in parallel builds instead of just linear building. All that stuff is already in Armored Core and is in the soul series. Um, and so I, I could imagine them finding a way forward that is both really exciting, but also doesn't feel watered down for the widest possible audience. We'll see. Again, I think it'll be 2022, 2023. Like, I am not. 2013
3: was the, at this yeah, point. Yeah, dude, like, I they, know. They could start, start punting towards a, a, a the, 10 uh, year. Ten, Honestly, ten years. put those
1: fucking games on PC. Like, the thing that I want from from <laughs> in the near future. That would like make me so happy. Is put Armored Core three, four, and five and their expansions on PC. Uh, that would be incredible. Honestly, put them on backwards compatibility. Put them on. Let me download them on an Xbox One or a PS4 at this <laughs> they, point.
3: And they 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 published them, so it seems like yeah. in Japan anyway. Yeah. So it seems like they own the rights I forget to forget who published them here.
1: Sony well, Age Tech f- did a lot of oh, them. You're right. Sony
3: did a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um um but yeah uh, that's the thing is I like sony was involved in like the ps1 era. that's
1: for sure. the, that first couple uh, they definitely did Armored core 2 on ps2 when it launched was like wow this is an incredible machine it was like one of those those games that made me feel good about having a ps2 um
3: uh published in europe by crave entertainment you remember crave entertainment are they
1: not around anymore they must be also it was so. bad, yeah bandai no, namco i think defunct
3: defunct Defunct 2012, seven years ago.
1: What is time? <laughs> Fuck. Bandai did the last... Uh, Bandai Namco did the last um, uh,
3: Armored Core. And I bet they would publish whatever Yeah. Armored Core revival.
4: Yeah.
1: Though and- maybe this this um, Activision uh, relationship continues. Who knows? We'll see. Um, Other things that we've all been playing. Well, I don't know how much time you've put into it, but I put... Let's see. Let's check Steam real quick. I've put four hours into Greedfall. That's not that
3: much time, but I did it. I played an an hour last night because I wanted to talk about this game. I know people told me, hey, this game is janky. And then I
4: loaded it up and I was like, oh, you weren't fucking kidding. Yeah. That first tutorial (laughs) fight where you're like. Is, is my God? guy fucking wasted like what <laughs> also, is happening even,
3: no it's even more basic than that where i was playing with a uh, xbox controller and just this like the speed that the camera moves along the analog stick is a very awkward just i, I was just it's not very prepared I have not, I have not played a spider production i know that they are like known for being uh, like having a know, particular Jakey is a yeah, yeah, is a yeah is a, a sort of uh both a pejorative, often uses a pejorative and also like a very like not very descriptive term, but uh it means like low budget but ambitious, I guess is often what a lot of those those games fall under. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. I played an I played an hour. I didn't make it to the island. I was still trying to find where my drunk friends are, I guess. Okay. In,
1: uh, I, year, I was yeah. going to say it's very funny that we come to this right after me being like the thing I love about Daemon X Machina is I, I put in I do things on the controller and different things that I expect it happen and I love coming <laughs> to terms with that but here <laughs> fuck it this is bad <laughs> those are what I that's what I believe there's one good no, way I for like a third controlling person. this game no I, I feel you um, okay so Rob go ahead call go ahead
4: completely melted my brain. Is there is a consistent uh, UI issue with tutorial prompts? Yeah, where it looks like it is telling you to press one button when it actually means press the other, like the mouse button when it was trying to teach me to parry. Um, it was it shows you the outline of a mouse, and it's just just a white outline, and then the I want to say it was the left mouse button was blacked out and the right one was still solid white what it's telling you (laughs) to do is to press the white one huh not the one that is distinguished (laughs) from the rest of that outline visually and so uh,
3: this is like a classic like okay cancel and you don't know which one
4: (laughs) it was like parry this guy press the left mouse button i was like i like
1: Bro, but, I'm swinging and my sword. Just he just keeps attacking, man. To, yeah.
4: Like, what? do I hold it? Do I hold it? And the guy's just, like, uh, fucking leveling me. And then he's like, man, you fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, you are terrible. I thought I taught you to fight with swords, and you're just garbage, kid. Here, let me bring these two assholes out, and you're going to fight them until you learn what the fuck you're doing. And so... That's my, I,
1: my favorite note on that tutorial bit is... I don't know, I'm curious if either of you got caught by this. You do the tutorial with this guy, Carl. It's a (sighs) third... Greedfall is a third-person action RPG. It's like it's like trying really hard visually to, especially with the UI, to be like a successor to the Dragon Age series, but it has combat that's like a little more Witchery in in some ways.
3: Yeah, Witcher is definitely the the just, like and like early earlier Witcher, not yeah, yeah, like yeah. like Witcher Two Witcher. The
1: the thing that I'm curious about in this this tutorial is you do the tutorial with this guy Carl, who's like your bodyguard slash quartermaster or whatever, and then he's like, "All right, do you got it? Do you need do you need to go over the basics again?" And I was like, "I don't got
3: it." Carl, did you say you don't
1: got it? Did you both say you don't got it? Because I said, "I I said I don't got it," and I expected to just get that tutorial again. And he was like, "All right, then. Now here's how guns work." And I was like, "What?" (laughs) If I had said I got it, were you gonna send me out into the world without teaching me how fucking guns work? If I had said, "Yeah, I understand swords," you were just gonna be like, "Oh yeah, all right, bye. (laughs) Have fun." (laughs) What? I'm sorry, Rob. Continue. Those two guys came out and kicked your ass.
4: No, no, because then, cause then they just sort of stand there around, wait for you to, like, patiently, like, gun them down. It's a bit like, um... Oh gosh, I w- I want to say in like King of the Hill when when Hank tries to take Bobby out to to <laughs> shoot a deer and they go like he's so bad at hunting that they end up going to like the rich suburban dad hunting ground mm-hmm. where like you just sit up in a stand and the feeder comes and like the trusting deer walk up and and get killed. That's basically like those deer <laughs> are your training enemies in this game, but it doesn't really even matter that much. Uh, Because the combat is also just like seems really simplistic uh, to the point where I don't think I'm playing well. I just don't think it matters. Like, uh, you know, I, I whack, I, I, whack, whack. Yeah. Uh, just shoot a guy and then whack him a few times and then shoot his friend uh-huh. and, you know, stab her a few times and you're done. I don't even know in this in this opening section. I that first like fight
3: I got into was some random people on the oh street. Oh my god! I don't even know why I was fighting them. Yeah, you step. Who am I killing? You, like, step out why of am the beating palace. beating the shit out of these
1: people? You step out of the palace and instantly are fighting some randos in shawls and capes. Why? <laughs> <laughs> They're dead now. Are I sick? just killed three people. They're just dead in the streets. There's already a plague. But actually, you know what? Maybe there isn't a plague. Maybe it's just me walking around town (laughs) and killing people. I don't know. Um, I think the reason that this game, there's a lot to talk about here. There's
3: a reason the three of us decided to try and start playing a game that probably in any other scenario we would have just been like, I pro- like, I
1: probably would have dipped my toes in it. I am hard up for this style of RPG, or at least I thought I was based on the type of thing it is. I was a you know I like Bioware games. This in UI and presentation, in the fact that it's doing like shot reverse shot you know dialogue option type stuff. They're actually not as many dialogue options as you might think. Um uh was like, "Oh wow, maybe this will fill the void of another Dragon Age, another Mass Effect." Well,
3: they've been pitching themselves that way too. This game has been like explicitly sort of like targeting yes. like, "Hey, BioWare isn't BioWare anymore. Like the next Dragon Age is 3 years question mark, away. Question mark question like, mark at this point. And who knows what that game even is and Anthem was a big wet turd and uh uh and so they've been like i think a lot of people are desperate for that type of game or anything that even suggests that it could be in the ballpark right and this game has been getting like pretty decent like write-ups in the in the lead-up like there's been a lot of like okay so even if you don't like previous spider games like this one seems like they're kind of coming along like it's easy also to forget cd project red uh when the original witcher shipped most people played The Witcher 1 when they played something called the Definitive Edition, which was like a year of patching later. <laughs> that game was like not unplayable, but like also not out of the ballpark mm-hmm. of unplayable when it shipped. And they re- they really did a lot of work to get it better. Witcher 2 was like a big leap forward. and Witcher 3's combat, which I still think is pretty trash, uh... Uh, was it, like, it even itself, like, more of a leap forward? It, which is all to say, uh, I think there's been some thought that Spider has been a studio progressing in a similar arc where it's, like, their storytelling ambitions don't match their ability to deliver on mechanics and that Greedfall might have been an instance where they were making kind of a Witcher 2 leap where it's like, ah, yeah. like, all right, they're getting better at, like, melding all of these things together. And then also we should mention, and then we'll get there because, yeah. you know, this is, a lot, like... It's this game is explicitly saying, "Hey, this it's a game about colonizing, in which y- you are a colonizer, and we're going to ask questions about that." So, like, that's immediately like, for, like, like, if there there's like someone that got like run around with like like a like an alarm bell for for wayboards, it's like it's a game about colonizing, <laughs> ding 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Yep.
1: Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Um, so I've seen more of that stuff than, than you have probably uh, because I'm a little bit further in. And, and I've Google only seen – uh, like
3: the the the, ga- the opening hour is you uh, getting ready to go on a ship and you're doing some small side quests to like kind of set up how the mechanics of the game work and the storytelling works. But the, the hints of it are that like, oh, like, hey, you're going know, to go to an island. By the way, there's some natives there and like, they're a little unruly and they don't – they don't want to speak our language, but don't worry. We're going to convert them to, Christ, quote, Christianity whatever, whatever the called. equivalent it, is wh- here. And that's a little bit of the setup that I've it's seen. Wh- I've not actually seen any of that stuff in practice.
1: Rob, you were shaking your – you were doing not shaking your head, but you were like, hmm, huh, hmm. Equivocating? Equivocating with your head. Well,
4: so the thing that I like so far is that – there's a little more dimensionality than I was expecting to this. Like the fact there is one faction that is hell bent on uh, converting the people of tearfully, uh, which is I don't know what's going on with that. It's such a strange it's – an, it's an odd name. I don't, it's, I don't uh, hate it, but it's just – it's yeah. so, so sing-song. Well,
1: it's it's um, very clearly supposed to be like Celtic, right? Like T or yeah. T-I-R versus – they spell it T-E-E-R. Yeah. Uh, not right. T-E-E-R. Right, right, right. T-E-E-R. Oh, I said that right the first time. Um, But that style of like Celtic like, – it is – it is when I asked them about this at a preview event a little while, ago, like – So the first thing you need to know is this is about European colonization. (laughs) This is about the ways in which uh, Europe was colonized by other European powers as in a way that was like, Hmm. and that should put to bed any questions you have about the way we're representing natives or colonization. Uh, And I, I, it is about that. And that is a real fucking thing. Like go talk to people from Ireland about the history of colonization and depression in that, in that country. Like that happened all across, go talk to parts of Spain who had their cultures completely stamped out by the Spanish royal powers. Like this happened a lot.
2: Yeah, but the 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 natives are coded as
1: they're coded like a mix. They really are. Yeah, so I'm, okay. I'm, a, I'm four hours in, right? Okay. okay. Like uh, it's just like in the, it is, I is seen a, a lot it of is it is. So. Yeah, we'll we'll get to it. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. to to Rob's point, like I also came in expecting. Uh, I'd say before the first preview event I saw, I came in expecting here is fantasy Europe and it's going to the fantasy new world mm-hmm. and there is one culture on each side of those things and they're going to come to a clash and you will pick through whatever the conflict is and you will be a peacemaker or a troublemaker because video games and choices are uh, a thing that that uh, everyone Renegade. thinks is just good on its face and that is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact... The opening hour or two set up that – or it kind of depends on how much time you want to spend in that opening area – set up the fact that the old world, quote-unquote – uh, the fantasy Europe is already divided and fighting among themselves, right? There is your, your group, the congregation, which are a merchant group. Uh, they're kind of neutral and they kind of want to like remain out of, of uh, kind of war and politics on the continent. Uh, there is a group – I forget what the name of the religious faction is. Thalim, uh, Thalim, uh who are like fantasy Catholics – uh, who uh, are are religious, religiously motivated. It is the primary faith in the world. Uh, they want to go to the new world and and uh, convert as many people as they can. They want to bring faith to this new world. Uh, and then there is uh, – I remember the name of the city is Al-Sahad, but what is the – do you remember the name of the other – The Bridge Alliance. The Bridge Alliance, right, which which is a collection of nations uh, that has – that's definitely been Arab-coded so far. Um, yep. uh Arab and Persian and, and Middle Eastern uh, coded so far. Um, uh, and that is a group that is all about science. That is a culture that is all about uh, cultural exchange. Um, and, and those are the ones who are most actively at war with the native groups on the, the island that you're going on tier for d Um, uh, they do the thing immediately that video games do, uh, that, that Bioware games certainly do, um, that we talked about recently with, uh, Fallout games and, and, uh, with, uh, what is the Outer Worlds, um, the (laughs) idea of like, ah, but all sides have bad people in them. There's a quest early on, uh, basically to go kind of corral some heretics for the church, uh, and a, a quest for the sciencey bridge, bridge alliance faction, to run a supposed charlatan out of town. And of course it turns out the heretics aren't heretics uh, and the charlatan isn't quite a charlatan. And wait a second, maybe these groups don't have like the best intentions and in maybe they're both sort of corrupt <gasps> and they, they both have issues with, with uh, bureaucracy or with uh, political power or with trying to, you know, keep the status quo in line and blah, blah, blah. Um, and <laughs> I was like, okay. In fact, I was like – at that point, I was like, I would take a whole game set in this world where they're developing the Bridge Alliance, Thamelay, and the Merchant – uh, collect whatever collective whatever they're called mm, um, congregation, and congregation yeah uh, and specifically the other half of this is like another game published by focus home interactive this year this game takes place in the middle of a big plague uh, the premise of the game uh, uh, starting position is this thing called the Malachor spreading through fantasy Europe and is killing a bunch of people including your mother uh, who's very sick at the start <laughs> yeah, of the game g-
3: g- game Ooh. opens with just your mom being like bye like maybe you'll find a cure, and the the son is 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 like, well, but I won't get it back in time for you. And she's like, yeah, bye, yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, ya. see ya.
1: I look, I look real rough, don't I? Yeah,
3: it's yeah, it's a it doesn't seem like a pleasant uh <laughs> no, <laughs> affliction. To no, have. not at all.
1: Um, and so that is the thing. You're going to the new world partially because you, your cousin is going to be the governor, the quote unquote. They actually don't call it the New World. They like ah, there's this island um, <laughs> uh, to find potential cure, um, and because your cousin is going to be the governor of the congregation settlement there, New Serene, and because you're gonna be the legate who is, you know, a a, a peacekeeper, a, a a fixer, a person who's going to be a, a dealer of justice and someone who can arbitrate uh and and uh you know handle handle complex situations. Uh you're be a main character. Be a main, go be a main character. You know? <laughs> um, uh and so after dealing with stuff back at home you end up going to this island and there's a little bit of that same differentiation. And at first, I was like, okay, this is cool. So, there are more than one native faction on this island. You learn pretty quickly there are a number of different cultures and tribes there. I'm like, all right. So, they didn't immediately fall into the trap of there just being quote unquote natives on the island. Uh, and that is all of the culture. You know, I met someone pretty early on who was like, actually, I, my, my crew wants these people to show up, they, we trade with them we are outcast from the rest of native culture because we actually kind of are interested in figuring out a way to do cultural exchange. We think we can keep a high ground. And other people were like, nah, this is nah, nah, these people suck dog. (laughs) Um, and, and you get tossed into the middle of that stuff. But one, you absolutely do gain. While you gain reputation with the bridge Alliance and the merchant congregation and the, whatever of, of you, you also just get reputation with quote unquote, Natives. So even though narratively it splits up these groups into different tribes and cultures, mechanically you are either liked or not liked by quote unquote natives. Um,
5: And it's also
1: just rushed in a real big way. Uh, You get there, and I mean, in the time it takes between, think about think about Mass Effect or Dragon Age. Think about the first five hours of that game, of either of those games, and how long it takes you to slowly amass party members. Or like, you know, you go to, you play through the intro of on Eden Prime and Mass Effect. You go to uh, the the citad, not the Citadel. The is that what it's called, the Citadel? Yeah. Uh, you recruit uh, Garrus. You recruit Rex. <laughs> Uh, you get Tali, like bit by bit over the course of a few hours. Then you go off to a whole other planet and you get Liara. And like by, by hour six or seven, that you have a full crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this game, in like a thirty minute session, like section, it was like, all right, I got my <laughs> main guy. Then, um, like from the time I left to the time I got to the governor's mansion, it's like all right, I got two more people. I got the the dude who fucking drove the boat here. You drive a boat, right? The guy who drove the <laughs> boat here, and an, a native woman who was just on the governor's doorstep. Being like, oh, I want to talk to the governor.
3: Just ready to And help. I
1: was like, you're in my party now. You're going to be my healer. All right, cool. Forever. You, you want to go do, you want to go solve a mystery with some like dead merchants? Is that <laughs> not what you signed up for? You just wanted to talk to my cousin? Too bad. <laughs> Listen, there's an arena fight we have to go do first. You're good with that, right? I'll, I promise I'm going to let you talk to my cousin at some point. But first, He's only two squares away. Yeah, he's right there. <laughs> he's <all> the- <laughs> Trust me, guys. There's a great pub just two squares away. My cousin is there. He's holding court. God, uh, oh, this one's closed. Okay, well, the and at that point it, it it did it started to peel away. Or like I think that there is this game has incredible art direction. It has just some inc- just. The lighting in this game is fantastic. There are alleyways that are represented with this kind of like flooding, backlit, mist-filled, like, wow, the world, even though there's not much of it, right? They're, they're, this is like, Spiders is out here doing a lot with a little visually. Skyboxes that that are just breathtaking, a real sense of, of, of the place in the world. But every time I pick at it a little bit more, a little bit more of it kind of falls away. Um, and I, I mean that both in terms of that narrative- uh, and again, I'm only four hours in. I'm going to I'm going to probably put some more time into it. I am curious, even though now that I've gotten to the bulk of the game and I'm like running around nature, killing 30 different wolves. I'm like, uh, this is one of these. Got to get those pelts. Yeah, these aren't even I'm not even trying to get these pelts, Patrick. I'm trying to get to a place and there's 30 wolves between me and that place. <laughs> And and so they must die. And like- you know, colonization be like that sometimes. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, sometimes you just have to exert your will on nature and make it yours uh, and let it know what organization looks like and what culture looks like, Patrick. Uh, and so, <laughs> What are those wolves dropping? Uh, I got, I got... Bile from one of the wolves, and I feel like I would. <laughs> okay, I Austin, if I ever had to kill. Is there an wolf.
3: animation for that? Do you, do you get to see your main character like shove its hand in the this wolf's throat and collect it? Yeah, in yeah, a yeah there's an
1: animation. It's uh the UI from Dragon Age Inquisition shows up, and then you get X <laughs> to collect the bile. Um, I would leave bile on a wolf every time. Maybe I take the pal. You know there's I can probably take a cool bone make a fang necklace what are, what or something. Are, what are the uses for wolf bile though? I don't know. Oh, you know what? I'm not an alchemist. It's
3: probably po- it's probably po- it's probably potion yeah, mixing, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, right? There's yeah. yeah. like a huge right. yeah.
4: there's a huge, tree, huge where, like, skill tree in this Some game. of you have yeah. never balanced your humors before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh uh there is a there's a really cool skill tree. There are some like uh what point did, what what like skill did you put your points into? What like talent, not like fighting stuff but like the Moving around the world.
3: I did conversation immediately. Like
1: charisma or intuition. So here's the thing that I like. There's charisma, Mm -hmm. which just gives you – charisma pops up all the time. Charisma is a thing that's like –
3: That's just great. That's just basically like greater chance for an option. option. That's the one I Yeah. There's
1: also intuition, which presents different dialogue options, and I'm going down that tree. And that's the one where you're Sherlock Holmes. That's the one where you're like, aha, but the door is ajar, isn't it? And the guy's like, what do you – the door is ajar, which means there was a second person here. And you, like, make someone feel like a fucking fool. And there's no dice roll. It just doesn't show up as often to get you a better uh, – So there's,
3: there's an early sequence where you're trying to – uh, out this potion maker yes. that you think is like scamming people. And so there's a, a sequence where you you show, you show him that he's a scammer and then you learn the real story with what's going on with him. And then you're given an option to try and help him escape the city. And you can either do that like disguises or like a, I guess a big part of this game. I haven't gotten to that part of it, but like you can put on disguises to like infiltrate different factions and like put characters in different, you know, sort of costuming and the world reflects that. So I guess you can either find a costume for this person to sneak out, or I approached the crowd that was very angry at him because of me, <laughs> because I had because I made them angry. Um and I yeah, I did get an intuition option. It was like uh, literally like a one like, I have one and like you need more than greater than one for this option. And it was then to convince the crowd that actually, if you don't leave here, like that potion he sold you is gonna give you paralysis, <laughs> so you need to go lay down yeah and then the crowd oh, okay. the crowd of two went away yeah.
1: yeah that is that that stuff is cool there is like a lot of um there's like a bunch of that style of alternate options for solving quests based on what skill set you have? Do you have science? And if so, can you craft a thing that blows a hole in the wall so that you can get in through a basement instead of having to pick the front doors? Locked? See, that's
3: cool as hell. I, I miss a game like that, which is like, I immediately understand the appeal of a greed fall, uh, like absent everything else, which is just like a game, an RPG with options that has like a nice big art budget is like there just aren't there's weirdly not that many of those, despite the fact that I have a million games to play right, right. now.
1: The the thing that I, I keep coming back to though is and I think it's still I think it's caught up in that idea of there are many solutions to every problem. Um, is that conversation around outer worlds and around New Vegas and around like, you know, obviously if the quest is I need to break into this shipping uh, warehouse to change the manifest so I can sneak some, some you know, extra cargo on this vessel. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, but it's that same thought pattern of like we want to give the player as many options as possible to solve the quest that allows you to finish a quest in which you decide like, you know what? Fuck the heretics. <laughs> they didn't do shit, but fuck them. Uh, or let you lean into being the colonizer, dismissing the concerns of the native dude who is being harassed. Um, and there is something about that style of play. I mean, I, I think actually... Um, Heather Alexandra over on Kotaku I wrote up a piece about this. She's a little bit further in. She's like 10 hours in. Um, but the thing that is so fascinating is where it allows you – it gives you all these options to to change things. To Do you want to blow a hole in the wall? Do you want to balance beam your way across because you took vigor or vitality or whatever? Do you want to sweet talk your way in? What do you want to do to get to the place? What do you want to do to get to the thing? Uh, but then it's like, okay, either here's a binary yes or no option or – here are the times that you don't get to do shit. And there's a specific thing that in her review she calls out that I've seen a bit of so far. She says, um, I've yet to see the the moments of awareness that the game shows coalesce into anything actionable. I could butt heads with the racist church official and state my disbelief in his God, but I couldn't intercede as he choked a quote-unquote sinner to death. And it's like, it is, it is calling its shots. It is choosing its moments for when and where it does let you decide to be the guardrail on, on morality, right? There are things that it's just like, and then this is just a true thing about the world. I think it's a game that wants to say something about colonization. Again, I'm four hours in, but it seems like it's like, ah, yes, you're gonna be the thing, you're gonna be the the force of, of good in this culture. But to do that, it's choosing to keep you from interceding at certain places or else deeply limiting your available, like, uh, uh, lexicon for interactivity and where and when you can do it. So it's kind of give me the, bo- the worst of both worlds. It's both saying, ah, yes, you have as many options available to you as you will. You can talk your way out of racism. You simply need to you know, have a high charisma score to convince the, the head of the merchants in this town to let in a, uh, an, a native guy to sell his wares. But also it's saying, but there are li- – listen – This is systemic. This is bigger than you. You can't can't actually do anything here. Some of this stuff is just a cutscene, bro. You don't get to hit the X button and save the day. And it's not quite threading that. Like, there might be a way to do that, but I haven't seen it do that yet in a way that makes me confident about the rest of this game. Um, There's one thing that happened actually in the demo that I had a few, like a couple months ago of this game that actually felt right. And I want to see if they do more of that. And that was a moment where... There were some bridge alliance scientists who'd gone missing and who were uh, – ended up, of course, having been killed by uh, some, some native folks who were like, y'all shouldn't be here. Get out of here. And there was a confrontation between one of the remaining scientists in this group and the, uh, the natives who had, who had killed the other ones. And my dialogue options in that, at that point were like charisma. Try to talk them down like bribe them to not hurt this person say like, fuck it. You can kill this person. Or because I had her in my party, have the, the one native character in my party speak for me. And I was like, you know what you, Sarisi, you go talk to this person. I'm not in my mind. I was like, I'm not from here. Can you, what do you think about this? Uh, And she was like, "Uh, excuse me. I don't know. These guys, we're not from the same tribe. What they do is their business. In fact, we disagree about the whole big picture thing. And not only did they kill, I think that they killed that bridge. or they, you know, combat started right after that. They didn't kill that person, but combat started right after that. And afterwards I lost reputation with my native um, party member because I was trying to like use her nativeness to get me out of trouble, which is like, interesting. Okay, there was some like, very interesting thought going into that into that conversation uh, or into that into that moment but i'm also just i think the bigger question for me is like what it it reminds me of rob uh, and you talked with dia at great length about this during the tomb raider process but it's hard to imagine a version of this game that is so good that it feels comfortable for me to play in regardless of the execution you know what i mean um like in the same way that tomb shadow shadow of the tomb raider was that one um mm-hmm. in the same way that like the core premise is so frustrating um and is so charged that it's hard to imagine what that execution looks like that is not not just uncomfortable but is not hitting landmines it's hard for me to understand or or cons- conceive of the game in which I am playing a colonizer like that is what you are. There is no doubt about it. Even the game that is about the colonizer throwing off the title of colonizer, even the person who's like, I'm an outsider here, but I'm here to, to work with the with the insiders. Like I, I don't want to play the last samurai. <laughs> like I don't. There was a time when I did, but that's mostly because it had samurai in it. In the same way, that, like there's mostly there was a time when I would have loved this game. 10, ten years ago, I'm like, yo, there's natives in this game. But I think my bar has been your party, right? You would have (laughs) one of them in your party.
3: Wow. I could like, they don't want to be in the party anymore, but (laughs) But yo, you're here.
1: So we're family. I actually think that this game does have that thing of like, oh, your party can turn on you if you make certain choices. And there are ways that I think that they could, they could handle that, that do feel meaningful. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, especially if it's not about big shit. Like if there is a moment where someone leaves my party just because they're like, wait a second, I'm. I'm a colonizer. <laughs> like, but Black Dynamite, we sell drugs in the community. If there's that style of moment, we're like, but we're here to colonize these people about something small, that would actually feel great if they left my fucking party. That would help communicate the, the idea of like, ah, yeah, well, I'm here to do a good thing. But I don't know. But like, it just, there's so much caught up in the premise and in the allowance of...
3: Well, and and the and the premise is always, it seems, taken from the same angle. It's yeah. always you, the outsider coming in being the dominant figure like yes. in, in, in which in which the found like the premise that it's taking the, the 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 world text that it's building on it is always approached from you know it is Lara Croft going into these places right. it is you the 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 uh you know like rich oligarch coming in to these places like the the angle at which it approaches yeah. like an already fraught text is always from the exact same place. So no matter how woke it wants to be, no matter how many choices it wants to present on a spectrum, um, and even these games that offer choices seems like them box themselves in by, what is it that the the Outer Worlds quote is always like, well, like, yeah, of course this game has politics. Like, we want to represent, like, all the... potential politics yeah. through all these different options. Um, I, I mean, I'm paraphrasing.
1: That was you know, also the Ubisoft, uh, that Ubisoft blog post. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Like what you, but I can think that like games or choices like then allow themselves an out through that that like creates its own set of problems. But um, it does seem like it's consistent with, you know, a lot of these games are like, uh, you know, and Kato, maybe this is a chance for you to touch on Monster <laughs> Hunter, <laughs> yeah. like, because like that's a game. And that game that, doesn't even give you any choices um, at all here, right? Like no. that is the opposite in some ways, no, but. Right? It's, but, but sound like when we had talked about it on on Monday, you know, you were you know, we're still earlier in the in the campaign. So I'm curious if, like where that game's conversation on like it, its approach to, like, you know, the othering and like you dominating like a quote unquote, you know, you know, native land. like, where does that go in the story from where we touched on Monday? I mean,
2: it just continues to go down the path of, you know, uh, we're here and uh, this is our home now. Doesn't matter whether or not we were not here like a day ago. Uh, we're gonna you know hunt down a, a a natural creature. Like it was it was one thing when we defended uh the base from the ice dragon, and then another yet when we were like, okay, it's hurt. Let's hunt it down to its nest and kill it. Make sure it never comes back again. <laughs> <God>. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It just keeps Yep. Exactly. It keeps it keeps on upping the ante. Like every time I think, like, okay, like this is probably the worst it gets. It like, you know, adds another layer of like, nah, we're we're really doing the thing this time. Like, we are straight up we are colonizing this space. Like, fuck it. We're using all the natural resources we can. We are making a, a new home for ourselves here. And we are going to fight for that home, even if that means going out of our way to kill things when they're not really bothering us anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. My brain is a little fried on that game just because it's also long as hell. Yeah, I've heard Uh, that it's like as long as... It has... So the original base game has 25 quests. Yeah. Two of those are killing small, tiny monsters, uh... This game has 24 quests and they're all big monster quests. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. It's a ton. Oh, There's all unique monsters? Yeah. Wow. Um I think one of them No, well actually 3 of them are the same ice dragon. You fight it multiple times. Okay. But the rest of those, the other 20 whatever, I can math. And it <laughs> still has
1: the same So I you know, I I wrote a review. It was the first review on the site technically, yeah. which is a weird thing that we noticed today because we have a so we have a review template uh-huh. we have like a, a, a photoshop file that has mm-hmm. the review stuff in it and the default image that's in there is monster hunter world because it's Monster yeah, Hunter because that's the <laughs> first review that we ran even though now retroactively we went back and added that tag to a bunch of
3: other shit yeah those basically reviews we finally formalized it with oh we're doing quarter card did i ever
1: explain why we didn't do reviews at launch on this podcast
3: I feel like we I feel like we talked about that when we did the Monster Hunter. But I mean the real review. reason.
1: Not the reason that we came up with. <laughs> we we didn't have reviews at launch. Look okay. What I will say is I came up with strategy around not having reviews at launch. We didn't have reviews at launch right. because Joel Fowler told a media outlet that one of the ways that Vice Games was going to separate itself from other games. Uh, outlets was by not having reviews. This is before I was in my role. I was like, well, I guess he said that to Variety or whoever. So, all right. You know what? Yeah. Which, which
3: fit with our ethos 100%, anyway. hundred like. percent. It, it, you know, but that's extreme that's oh
4: such a specific God. thing for him to it's say. You looked <laughs> scored, Joel. You left <laughs> out scored.
1: Yeah. It would definitely reflected a conversation he and I had that was basically that. Rob was like, I don't know that we need scored reviews, you know? we also remember this is going into this is twenties this is a different era. This is twenty sixteen. This is the summer of twenty sixteen. I, um, we're all high on... The world of games media has changed. You know what? Gamergate was two years ago. It was terrible. But we're, we're moving into a new age. Uh, we have all felt the scars of that. We've come closer together. And it's time for new experimental to take on games journalism games journalism can be bigger guys it doesn't have to be daily news blogs it doesn't have to be etc I almost said TK TK, TK which <laughs> is journal speak um, which is very funny uh, but yeah so monster hunter world ends up being our first review uh, and well, technically and in it I'm like uh colonialism uh, yeah. the exploitation of natural resources and at the time a lot of the response and this is this is the thing I'm curious about a lot of the response was like yeah but you're an ecological venture oh you're here to like <laughs> to like see nature you could capture the animals yeah you don't need to kill them all Yeah, that,
3: that was always the things like you could capture you could them, capture them. And put them
2: in an arena <laughs> and kill them Except there you don't have, you have to do fun. those arena quests even Kato yeah. you're even making Kado. the choice even to go into it <laughs> even Kato
1: I read your review in this game nope. dog <laughs> So my question is, my obviously rhetorical question, because I read your fucking review already (laughs) is how to do with with this stuff this time.
2: Bad, 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 bad. Because the first game, the fucking first game, right? It was like, this is the only way we can investigate these things is by observing them in nature, by you fighting them, and then also capturing them, and then we can learn more about them and they call. Love to observe with an ass. Yeah, exactly. I just got this time. I gotta observe the
3: shit out of this lizard. This time,
2: (laughs) It's not that. It is you're arriving. Oh, this looks like a good spot for a new base. Yo, there's that monster there. If that monster's too close, we can't build this new base. Go get it. It's it's investigations out the fucking window Listen, from like, man. the job. Listen, man. <laughs> All that shit happened already at the old base. You just yeah. weren't there for you it. You weren't there for it, obviously. Like, it's Wash just like your this- hands. I... <laughs> I- I get it. It's just like the narrative specifically being told at this moment is even more blatant. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and recurring, it sounds like. It sounds yeah, like it it's, is everything. Not, it's everything. It's yeah. everything.
2: Every yeah. single thing is like, oh, we need a new trade route to get more stuff to the new base. Oh. There's this thing in the way. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, fucking oh, no. oh, yeah. God. That's uh, the thing. Like, like, there's like a what couple, if we could? there's what if two could in there that are like,
1: monetize the rotten veil. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
3: God, <laughs> that's fucking the well, title. And it only, um, even, you know, even, even beyond the, the, uh, colonialist aspect, it's like, it's the, the gross part about monster hunter that you have to like put out of your brain is like, you know, the, that moment where it starts limping off and it's like, cool. Like we probably, that's probably enough. Yeah. Like, you know, like, an, in a, it's like, it's good. Right. Like we scared it away. Like it's not in the spot anymore. It's close to death, but like it'll be okay. Like these are giant creatures; they can recover. Like I've seen Godzilla right. do this. Like it's yeah, good. like we, uh-huh, we scared it off. Godzilla. Can't that just be enough? Why do we no, need to then right. te- rip and tear its body <laughs> down to <laughs> essential parts so we can create thirteen uh, tons? Look, an look an type B. Those anginaths go to
2: the base and they're sleeping in that one corner. You see them sleeping, yeah. and then we lead, we let them out. I'm, right, yeah. we let
1: them- <laughs> you let them out afterwards. You go go back, Antonath. We certainly haven't ruined your ecosystem. Have fun. God. Um, you know, it <sighs> has some Monster Hunter in it, real quick. Huh. Damn Ex Machina. Oh yeah, yeah. There's giant. There's giant robots. I sent Hell, a, yeah. uh, a video of, of one of those fights to the chat. Um, last week, and I was like, "Yo, yeah!" And you can grind those to get blueprints and wow. to get rare drops that then let you build rare parts. I, oh, I thought yeah. you
3: were going to say giant dinosaurs. Oh, I wish I, I oh, like, oh, oh they oh, should nice. put
1: they should put the fucking Dinobots in, <laughs> in Daimonex Machina. Let me fight giant robot dinosaurs. Anyway, uh, it's a bummer that they didn't address this stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I honestly never expected it, but. It at least on its face now is like this. This is what this is. It <laughs> went
3: in the other direction. Yeah, it's yeah. like yo. This mean, they is did address what, it, right? Yeah. Like it's not, on some yep. level they did. Yes. Like they 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 make the 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 uh, like the implication of Monster Hunter World, like right. the action of Iceborn. Yeah, and so like <laughs> you're you're almost like you can you like in the way that like you know we were joking before, like you can just sort of like well I know this horrible stuff happened before I got here, but again. Before I got right. here. And whereas Iceborne is like, you are those people doing those actions. So on sub level, it's like more truthful about its premise, but without the follow up. Yeah, it's like, right. No- what you're doing is pretty terrible and doesn't seem justified at all. Even though this is a fantasy game where you could come up with literally give me a dark curse. Something. Give me some bullshit, game. Like There's an honest the elderly.
2: Dragons are so powerful that they can cause e- ecosystems to change, you know? Right. Like, you know. Like animals do. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. Like, um, like the way a tornado no, passes like, through I, and you can fight it.
1: There is... The thing that's so funny to me is, like, when I actually think about my own eco. <laughs> 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 we could go down a whole other branch of this conversation given the events of this week. Uh-huh. Um, I,
3: There is... Don't have enough
1: intuition. <laughs> there is a um, there's a, a branch of contemporary ecological theory um, that is really effective at approaching this issue. And uh, there's a quote from your review in which you say that there's a moment like this where someone says, "But well, wait a second, we could ruin everything." And the guy's response is like, "We are also part of nature, basically. Yeah, right." And the thing is. I actually think that that is true. I think that like the like, the binary between nature and civilization is bullshit and that like civilization is – humans are part of nature and that like, we kind of do our hand washing when we pretend that we are not that. Sure. And there is an entire branch of contemporary theory and philosophy and uh, uh, ecological study um, looking at, at – this question, right like a lot of people have written about the Anthropocene, a lot of people have written about you know if you look at like dark ecology and stuff like that, uh, that stuff is out there, and it tackles that in a way that does not ignore ecological damage, it does not ignore us as actors, right. but neither does it center us as the only actor, or pretend that humans are not animals, or pretend that there is not civilization inside of nature already. Right. Um, uh, and there's ways to do that. But the way that is like the celebratory, like, aha, we're nihilists. <laughs> it's all fucking nature anyway, baby. Burn it down. Yeah. is Is not the way that's going to compel me to be excited about killing my 30th Anjanath. And maybe that's okay. Like, I, you know, it's not okay, but it's like. Yeah you're welcome to cognitive dissonance. You know what I mean? Like how welcome to any video game I play, welcome to any movie I see, which doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it, but does mean that like I heard that you could grapple on dinosaurs now.
2: Yeah, it's good. Good. You can you punch them in the face and they turn around. Like you can make them do a little spin. You make them like dizzy? Or do you you mean you hit
1: them so hard they go like woo? woo, they like
2: you like they like turn 90 degrees, and then you do a second move that like creates an explosion that makes them run straight forward for some reason. I don't know why that's their reaction. And if there's a wall there, they hit it and fall over. Damn. So you then, you even, then you can cut their tail and off. And then, yeah, you can cut their tail off.
1: <laughs> Damn. Brutal. Uh, Remember when I cut fucking Nergigante's tail
2: off? Yo. That was fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God, just take all of those. Just. Uh. Yeah. But I don't I, know that like, there's imagine- a way. Again,
1: I don't know that there's a way to unpick this. That no, no, at no, this point is, really. doesn't feel like rationalization, right? Right? Like the game is. You're going to an yeah. environment. Uh, maybe there is. Maybe there is. Maybe it's just about like setting it. There,
2: there could be a reframing about what you are in the space. Yeah. like you're you're a new you're a newcomer. Yeah, that's but mechanically,
1: setting up. you're killing an infinite number of creatures. Uh, yeah, yeah. who never who never stop coming so that you can get better gear. Right, right.
2: right. That's the part that I don't. I never enjoyed it anyways. Was mm. the repeat missions like right. I. Only fought these monsters once. I doubled up once because I wasn't seeing a single piece of something. But I tried my best not to because it is kind of boring. It's kind of boring, you know. Like I mean, I get it. I get how you do it. How how like I mean, I fucking replay the same goddamn Destiny Strike a million times because I want a thing, right? Um, but in this case, it like it that never called to me in a way that like I could see. Like I could see this like a lot of these same mechanics. Existing in, like, um, I don't know, like a Souls game or something, right? Yeah, the boss, like, the boss scale feels similar to that, and like you frame it in a completely different way. Maybe you can kind of, without the repetition part, like, because that's part where the numbers go up. I could care less about that personally, right? Like, for me, it's like I know, but talk talk to like a lot, like
3: hardcore master fans, and they're gonna tell you, like, that you're breaking what is exactly what they like.
2: I like the fact that the charge blade goes chunk really good when oh. i put the fucking sword into the shield the vials in there yeah, yeah, yeah totally that <laughs> thing goes that thing in. goes chunk yeah it feels good. it's so good yeah like i could care less that the number went up because i killed a bunch of the other thing and put the bones into this one like <laughs>
3: Man, welcome you, welcome to me and destiny yeah. Kyle. Hey, you know, that's that's fair Destiny's Power levels? No, here's the
2: thing. Here's the thing about that, though, is that I also hate... Let him him make Mm -hmm. the case. Let him make the case. I also do not... I haven't played Destiny a lot this summer because there's a content lull. I did the raid the day it came out. Sure. Which they set at the lower end of the level cap. Oh. And now, personally, I don't give a fuck about the level cap. I only ever cared because it allowed me to do the raid. Mm. I... So like yeah, if they like second uh like expansion out, so we're like we're just gonna get rid of gear level. You'd it's about right. I'd be like that's aren't great. they
1: sort of not getting rid of it by any means because it's still there for the. But aren't they doing the thing where if you, if I just started playing tomorrow or not tomorrow when Shadow Keep yeah. comes out, are they doing some sort of like equalization yes. of level stuff? There's so a that... level,
2: there's a level boost. Okay, so you will be at the no. current cap. Okay, that's mean. But that's not, but that's not the new cap. The
1: thing that I'm talking about is: aren't they making it so that it's almost like a hub and spoke style, pl- like um, instead of like the linear campaign? Mm. I could jump into a mission with my higher level friends right away. You could
2: always do that. Okay. The thing that the that is Would changing I be is though? Um, campaign stuff has very rarely been been level like okay. dependent okay
1: it's not it's not like sometimes there leveling, are
2: though sometimes there are but it has to be like it's like a really big it's a it's a, usually a pretty deep like level difference okay um what is happening now is just basically that the the free to play stuff um contains content that other players are repeating Right. The things like strikes and nightfall. So you'll be able to get a a
1: high level group with that stuff. Yeah, you can can hop into any of
2: those stuff, even if you haven't paid for the expansion. Gotcha. Basically. Um, Yeah. Destiny. Destiny, Destiny When's that out? October? October 1st. Soon. Soon. That's soon. I'm excited because Destiny. I want yeah. more Destiny always, but... I'm
1: so curious about this expansion. Like, yeah. for real am. I keep meaning to to reinstall it on PC. Yeah. Um, because I bet that red tree just looks great. It's a good tree. I haven't seen it on this new PC yet. I only saw it on the old PC. And I bet it looks better on this new PC. We should take a break. <laughs> We've talked about Monster <laughs> Hunter. I mean, unless there's any, are there any other games that people want to shout out briefly? I dip my toes in Stellaris. That's I... cool. I Still a good game. I still like that game.
3: I'm playing Link's Awakening. We'll talk about it on Monday okay. when I've had more time to that it. it's. Can I, it still has perform- can I ask how. Still has performance fuck, issues. Does it? It does? Shit. Yep. Really? Yep. Fuck. Yep, 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 yep. yep. God damn. Yep, 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 yep. Not, not, it's not gonna stop me from playing this game. Like nah, me either. It won't stop me from playing the game, but it is the kind of thing we were like, really? Like, not the kind of thing you expect. You expect, like, this game doesn't seem like it should be like visually taxing, but there are moments where you're in the open world, like in the dungeons, it's fine. Okay. Uh-huh. But then you'll be in the open world, and there are times where it's just like, yeah, that's yep, I can I can see the frame Is that rate, a- and that's Docs Docs Two, both oh, both fuck. both. It's probably actually less noticeable in handheld because it's, yeah, smaller screen. It's a smaller screen, um, but it doesn't. I've I was I've been largely trying to play it in. Uh, <clears throat> uh it docked because it's such a gorgeous looking game that i wanted to see it on a big screen and yeah Damn. it's still got some hiccups. um that you know there's nothing on the screen that suggests it's like anything to do with like the switch hardware it's just for whatever reason it's having issues so not e3 level but definitely okay. it's not like a smooth 60 fps or anything well like I'm
1: that. excited for that i'm okay. still excited for it yeah definitely all right, best two uh, best. Uh,
3: one small thing. Hold on. There's one small thing I wanted to point out before we pivot off of games we've been yes. playing. Is uh, so this morning, um, I so I, I downloaded a Divinity Original Sin two on my Switch, yeah. um, and because I wanted to see how that performed, and didn't get far enough to answer that <sighs> question because for very so I'm going through the character creation screen. Mm. And, uh, you have like two options. You can choose from like a bunch of set characters in the game, or you can create your own character. If you create your own character though, you don't get an origin story. Like you don't, there's like a bunch of prefab stuff that doesn't come along with that. But if you want to make your own thing and come up with your own you know, backstory in your mind, you can do that. And so, you know, like I'm scrolling through like the prefab characters and they, you know, they've got names and backstories. You've not played this game before, right? No, I played Original Sin yeah. 1, but I didn't I've not played Original Sin 2. Um and uh, it's like oh it's like a, you know a lizard who the got with a scrap of the demon. Yeah, it's like yeah. ow, oh, like a, a, a like a wizard. And here's like someone who was enslaved, and now they're an assassin that's out to like get the person that, that wronged them. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And then yep. I scroll to Fane. Uh huh. And Fane is imagine. Like, Aquaman's outfit from the Aquaman movie, including a trident, mm-hmm. but a skeleton. Yeah. What? Just a skeleton. <laughs> Origin, Fane, you woke up and your world was gone. The last of your kind. You hide behind a charmed mask, searching for the truth about a history that no one existed. He is undead. Uh-huh. And um, to traverse around the world of divinity, to not scare all the humans he has a spell that tears off the flesh of others and puts it on yeah. him so that he can have the appearance of a of a human not only a human yeah
1: which is the weird weird thing he could be an elf i think he can be mm-hmm. non-humanoid i think he can be like or he can be like a lizard or a dwarf or whatever even i don't know how his bones do that i guess it's magic
3: and he doesn't uh, heal. Healing potions hurt him. Poison heals yeah. him. good. It is the delight. Also, I also, I didn't even look through the other characters. Oh, yeah. I hit. The, yes, that's also I, I will be fain. The he um, could also he
1: also starts with a lockpick because his fingers are like a skeleton key. He has like literally fuck. an unbreakable lockpick for level one locks fuck. from the start of the game. Also a very funny voice good. actor.
3: He's good. Um. Yeah, when I tweet- tweeted out Fane, everyone was like, yes, you, you've you chosen wisely. <laughs> I will not get a chance to play this game for a couple of months, but I wanted to at least, like, I just wanted to look at it, and I was like, yeah, okay, I know what I'll be doing in November when things slow down. Is Will they? Fane is uh it's uh, enough for me that i'll be able to start <laughs> god putting some time into it yeah i'd be fire emblem man i'm good fire emblem control both gone damn oh, how
1: wait, did you did you already talk about beating fire emblem
3: did you beat that last week uh I, well so on monday i was up to the last right. fight um and then i did the last fight um since then which was like the first like last fight straight up um everyone down last hit Is what took out the final boss. It was like like really poignant and and beautiful. It was like the first time I had that experience. Wait, you lose characters? Um, well, I mean, I'm playing casual. Casual, okay. They retreated from battle. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because I got I got uh, impatient in the final fight, and I didn't want to just sit and bait out enemies for an hour and a half. I was just like, let's just go and let's just hopefully we'll hope for the best. Um, We we should do do it. I I already explained by yeah my disappointment over the some of the storytelling choices in in that game that we should get into more uh, in detail than in a, in a spoiler cast when rob it, hopefully if rob gets a chance to to finish that off sometime in the next couple of weeks sounds
5: good
1: let's take a quick break and we'll come back to talk about some news and some other stuff I got two fresh news stories here, hot off the press. Hot off the presses. Uh Did you hear that? That uh, first one, Uh, PewDiePie is donating fifty thousand dollars to the Anti-Defamation League.
2: I got a second news story here.
1: Uh, No, he isn't. (laughs) The internet was mad at him. His fans were (laughs) mad. He's not doing that anymore.
2: (sighs) Well, just love, love to live on the internet.
1: Uh, mm, So there was a, okay. So PewDiePie is having a moment as, as he does. He is want to do. (laughs) Uh, Like, so the thing, mm, (laughs) every fucking time it happens, right? So, oh God, how do you even talk about PewDiePie? Uh, In, there was a moment, I'm going to say 2015. I remember having this conversation with Vinny, I was still a giant bomb at the time. I was like, you know what? I think, I think maybe people give PewDiePie a hard time. And This was like there was a moment where I think in our kind of cohort of uh, game critics, where we were all having kind of a, a come to Jesus moment with YouTubers. We were kind of being like, you know what? Maybe a lot of our dismissal has been unfounded.
4: I um, never bought this shit at all. Okay, it well, fucking baffled me that people were trying to get so with the kids yeah. that they were looking past what dudes like that were putting out. Well, okay, so like, it, I remember this moment. Yeah. yeah. But there was this like, we just need to understand. Maybe if we just understand this this person's uh,
1: I will form. say real quick, this is also an era where there are lots of people on YouTube who were developing interesting critical voices. You know, there are there is good YouTube shit out there that is that is maybe not my favorite stuff but I understand why I do understand why people in our collective orbit do enjoy some stuff there like I'm not this is not we put content out on YouTube right uh, we used to we used to do that um, I get why that form exists but in 2015 there was that moment where a number of of folks were leading conversation that were like, Maybe we, maybe he's changed, right? Like everyone was like, dude, he sucked when he first, when he first hit big. This is a dude who was just like making shitty uh, offensive jokes for the sake of making offensive
3: jokes. He was screaming at the top of his lungs.
1: His recent stuff has been okay.
3: And then. So that like turn, that, that turn, that like rhetorical like exercise was born out of like a larger sort of like heat, what it was, it was like PewDiePie represented something. And so like the conversation around him and like. Is he different? Are we? Should we think about it differently? Was part of a larger, like ah, like a a dismissing of a space, which was absolutely happening. Like just an outright dismissing of a space that was like due to like changing audience, like hostility of like like territory. Like there was some shit going on that, like all of that represented that was like a fair point and uh uh, for like shitty on on our ends of, of of that of that spectrum. But yeah, I oh, Rob is also right that it was taken, <laughs> the liberties were taken a little too far yes. in pursuit of that. Like
1: that reflect that that reflexivity that was like reflectivity that was like wait a second, are our motives in this dismissal pure? Is the right reflectivity? Right. Rob is also yeah totally right, which was like no, they are not. But yes, we are right about this particular fucking dude and the other dudes like Correct. him. Correct. Because what followed were four years, the last four years of him. Doubling down on his bullshit, uh, you know, saying slurs on stream, paying people to, uh, to perform anti-Semitic acts, um, being linked uh, with uh, white nationalist movements, whether he wants to be or not. Being le- linked with um, racist violence, whether he wants to or not, whether he wants to be or not. Uh, not doing enough to, to distance himself or separate himself or uh, disavow
3: or condemn uh, acts uh, that, that – Or even were- just consider. Right, right. Exactly. Like, could, like condemning – is is like a, a several steps beyond what I think the the low bar was just acknowledging the participation, whether willing or not, mm-hmm. in an act as a as a as a as a person of pop culture who has enormous influence, especially given the fact that hundred million followers. A lot, a lot of his a lot of is, uh, his his uh, performance of pop culture is like. In memes, in in conversation with the sense of humor of the internet that is deployed in yes. uh, in, in our larger culture to, to such a wide degree, and basically being like, I, "What? No! Like, I'm just a guy up, up dragging videos from my desktop and uploading them. That's like, all no. I do. Uh huh. Yeah. Just well, I'm just a regular regular. Pro- I'm not as rich as people think that that I am.
1: I'm not this all power. Come on, come on. I'm sure, I have a webcam, vol- and yeah. it's you, <laughs>
3: and it's me, and a gamer. And We're chair. just here having fun. Yeah. Uh, and
1: over the course of four years, the the arc uh, repeated again and again. It looped again and again. Uh, you know what? I stepped over the line. I know. I learned. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my tune until like uh, last year, uh, the last couple years. I would say, I guess that's like 18 months where he was like, "No, I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down." You know, fuck it. I am who you think I am. Uh, political correctness has gone too far, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> And then he got quiet. I mean, he lost some deals, obviously, a couple years ago. He lost, like, a Disney deal. He lost a YouTube Red deal, I think, or, or another yeah, YouTube the, deal. The, the
3: TV program. There was, like, Scare PewDiePie where yes. they were, like, building out yes. spaces and he was being filmed.
1: Um, and his uh, he, his numbers kept going up, all
3: set. It's not like he was, like, losing, like, um, YouTube subscribers by any means. Well, the numbers go up if YouTube chooses to put – I mean, like, that's, yes. like – it's uh, – That is almost beyond his control. Like the numbers go up if YouTube chooses to put you in the algorithm feed. Like people can – people could be leaving in droves and it won't matter as long as you're in the river.
1: Because enough people are going to pick you up in the river because they're 13 and are hitting yes instead of hitting yes. Whoever else could be in the river. That makes sense. Um, The – there was a turn I would say three months ago again. Uh, And this time, Rob, I was like you. I was like, I'm not fucking buying this shit. Get the fuck out of here with your Minecraft videos. Um, He... Came out a few months ago and just started doing Minecraft videos. Stopped doing, you know, conversations about the world. Stopped trying to be, like, a uh, Phil DeFranco-style <laughs> news dude. Stopped trying to, like, just do culture and, and like, person- pure personality stuff. Uh, started, started editing his own videos again. Wow. Like, really getting back to his roots and playing just a whole bunch of Minecraft. And that's part of, like, a boom that Minecraft has had. Recently, uh, that injected a whole bunch of new viewers into his subscription feed. He broke a hundred million uh, viewers. Uh, YouTube was out there celebrating. Hell yeah, PewDiePie, you did it. hundred million viewers. Fuck yeah. And he made a, a video that was like, you know what? Uh, whew. guys, I really, I've been through some dark shit. It all kind of got to me. I made some bad decisions. I'm not going to really get into what those bad decisions are, particularly, But, uh, whew, you know what? (laughs) It's all positivity from here on out. Uh, I love Minecraft and making videos for you, the gamers. Um, And then last week, or was it earlier this week that he made this announcement? Uh, He made an announcement that he was donating uh, $50,000 to the Anti-Defamation League, uh, which is a a Jewish charity if uh, people aren't familiar with it. Um, uh, And and it's a charity that I, you know, have gone – they're absolutely – reasons to be the ADL. I don't want to... I
4: also have problems with the ADL. Yeah. <laughs> I suspect mine are not because it's a Jewish charity. Skip! <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> mine are a little <laughs> different from...
3: Mm, yeah, no,
1: they're... Yeah, uh-huh. A hundred percent.
3: Look, PewDiePie finally looked at, like, you know, what up what Net- Net- Yahoo's up to and, like, Israeli politics, and was like, you know what? Wow, this, you know, it's this is complicated. Yeah. Time, you know, gotta,
1: gotta... Yeah, no. Plenty of, of issues with the ADL. Um... But what convinced him to retract this fifty thousand dollar pledge uh, were was the feedback made by his many fans, and you can look up what that feedback looks like. And I can tell you, it is not like criticism of the ADL's Palestine policy. Uh, <laughs> it is in line with uh, a lot of the shit, uh, a lot of the anti-Semitic shit that you see uh, hurled around the internet uh, all the time. PewDiePie says. Quote, he didn't know a lot of things that surfaced through this whole thing about the charity. I made the mistake of picking a charity that I was advised to instead of picking a charity that I'm personally passionate about, which
4: is 100% my fault. What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Also, in this video, so, is he seriously appearing wearing a jacket I was just with the Cross of Malta? Um, yeah, dog. Okay. Yeah. I yeah.
2: Uh, it's not even his money. Wait, is it not his money? No, it's no, sponsorship it was money,
3: honey. The uh, Chrome extension or whatever. He just took that and was like, "Yeah, I'll just donate that." Which on its, you know, on his face is sure. Mm-hmm. When fifty thousand yeah. dollars doesn't mean anything to you, then give it to someone else. But um, what is like his own reaction to it is just so. Uh, I just don't know what the fuck this guy's deal is anymore. I mean, I haven't known for a long time, yeah. but like, like, what was the point of this arc? Was it just to get in the news again? Like the mission accomplished. Yeah, like we did, did yeah. that part.
1: Maybe we should delete this segment. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, no I, I, mean, I feel like dragging him. We should leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that guy. No, I mean, look, my feeling with PewDiePie. So I think there's, there's a couple things that are sincere and there's a couple things that are manipulative and, um. I think with PewDiePie, genuinely you were dealing with kind of a narcissistic person who sees everything through the lens of how does this make me feel? Mm -hmm. How am I being treated? And that is his primary motivator for doing anything. And this is how he judges the impact of his actions and words on the world, which is why he has really fostered this narrative as a lot of, Uh, sort of edge Lord and right-leaning figures do of it being him versus this non-specific mainstream media that is just out to get him. The wall street journal. Right. And and just everywhere else, because he keeps putting his foot in it and he keeps arguing that, well, I'm being taken out of context. These people just don't get it. They're misinterpreting me. Nothing I do is ever good enough Mm -hmm. for these people. And, I don't think that is just manipulation. I think that is genuinely who this guy is. I think for him, when he tries to do something like uh, distance himself at all from the alt-right and it doesn't immediately win him accolades and forgiveness and plaudits from – Uh, people covering the YouTube space and and online culture. And instead he sees himself once again, recontextualized with this bad history and the following he's gotten in these spaces. He reaches the conclusion that like, well, fuck it. If you're just going to be that way, then I'm going to, and this is where we get to the doubling down aspect. The minute he doesn't get the feedback he wants, he ends up doubling down and going to the groups that, Do reward him with positive feedback, which are the ones driving the worst problems and pulling him in the worst direction. But I think he wants to be among them anyway, because fundamentally, a lot of them have a similar ideology, right? I didn't choose to be this way. It's just I kept fucking up and people didn't forgive me for it. And therefore, I've become radicalized with shitty beliefs. And that's on you for not accepting me for my shitty, my my slightly less shitty beliefs somewhere in the past. So I think this is all pretty or or like organic and real. I think this is this is PewDiePie on the level. And this is kind of what I've always seen with this guy, which is why I never really bought into this notion that he was in any way being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened with this with this donation is genuinely I think him being referenced uh in the Christchurch manifesto spooked him. I I genuinely there is a Huge amount of daylight between being a really shitty edge lord figure who traffics and even outright racism, and being someone who is going to be at all comfortable and not feel a little bit sick when you are when you get a shout out from a mass murderer. Uh, and (laughs) for what credit this is worth, uh, PewDiePie had not, like, had not crossed this line. And so genuinely, I think he was sort of trying to figure out, I want to make clear I'm not okay with this. I do not want to be claimed by this group. But the minute he does that, and here's the trap you find yourself in when your fan base is shit, the minute he tries to do that, first of all, in his message, once again, he makes clear that, uh, it's still the it's still ultimately the media's fault for uh for for sort of boxing him in like this in the post where he announced the donation uh he said making a donation to a d l doesn't make sense to everyone especially since they've outright spoken against me uh I wanted to show publicly that I can move past it and move on so right there I the charity accept is your all apology a d l yeah uh-huh yeah right this is like this is this is not at all charitable. It's not coming from a place of thinking about others. It is just him wanting to feel like he can wash his hands of things like Christchurch and any sort of connection he might have to it, and also to close the book on it and again trying to make that deal, hey, I gave you fifty thousand dollars. Stop calling me an antiSemite. Shut the fuck up, yeah, and when that doesn't happen immediately and then he hears back from his fans being like, how could you do this? You betrayed us. You're, you're giving in to the MSM. He immediately realizes, Oh shit. Like one, he had no conviction behind this move to begin with. And two, he's scared of losing the people in his corner. This is, this is where you get sort of the Trump mindset, right? People who are with me are me. They are mm-hmm. my friends. I live for this kind of affirmation from strangers therefore if I see that being threatened I will do whatever it takes to pull that back and I think that's what unfolded here where he didn't get the reaction he wanted he realized he was alienating the audience he felt uncomfortable with in the first place but the minute they're starting to approach him as fans and being like hey man you know the ADL is a bad chair and I can't believe you give in like this you must be he being
1: blackmailed is of course yeah.
4: one of the popular theories that came out after that
1: was the ADL's blackmailing him all right,
4: yeah. So he completely panics and and pulls the donation, and then does it in a way that makes clear, like, hey, you know, wink, wink. I'm still with you guys. Here's some here's some weird uh, medieval crusader uh, heraldry mm-hmm. for you. Classic. It
1: is, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's like it's like what I said earlier, Rob, which is I, I do think that there are people who make good YouTube content. I, I've watched. I watched. Uh, there was a great video the other day on Control and Anatomy, the Kitty Horror Show game, um, and the, yeah. But I don't know why we and, have to say this though. Uh, I like, well, I, because well, honestly, because I you were around in the the blogosphere era, right? And I think that as as people who were struggling at that point to try to do something with games in a form that was being dismissed by the people who were in positions of authority in our space, it was deeply demoralizing. Um, And as critics in this space who in the early 2010s were trying to like do a little bit more with a video game review that like, this is how you get to the point where you launch a website without reviews. You go, well, fuck it, man. Reviews suck. Reviews are bad. Like I do want to encourage people who are pressing the form and I do want them to to know that they are in a struggle that they are in a, in a contested space and uh, that their voices are worth continuing to speak in that space. I don't think PewDiePie has poisoned the video form. I don't think he's a stand-in for all video makers as easily as we can make him a synecdoche for YouTube because his form, because he's had an influence. He's had a huge influence on what that form is. And because it is, I, what I'm really saying is, shout louder, try to get in the fucking river. Right? I don't know. There's lots of talk right now about YouTube unions. There's lots of conversations about ways in which uh, individual YouTube creators can help support each other. I think that you need to see that happen in order to compete against someone who has such outsized influence. it would be easy to hand wave it and be like, man, there is no way that we can ever shake the, the PewDiePie's off the throne and, and change what YouTube games content looks like. Yeah, motherfucker, like mainstream video game out- outlets now are running stories about, co- of, about colonialism. They're running stories that say like, hey, maybe greed fall steps on too many landmines. Uh, and, and that is not a Waypoint effort, you know, done. That is like an entire cohort of new games writers over the last decade pushing and pushing and following in the footsteps of people who started this, you know, a decade before we started it. And it, culture can change. And so, like, when I say, hey, there are good videos there, it's because I know some of the people who make those good videos listen to us. And I want, them to, I want to encourage them to keep fucking making those videos instead of saying you are, you are taking fruit from a poison tree. Or all you were doing is putting it there. And I I think that that is a valuable thing. And I also think that it's valuable to encourage our community to find those people and champion them in the face of people like PewDiePie. I'm not like – this isn't cover my ass shit. This is like fuck him for making a space that should be vibrant worse.
4: That I agree with. I just – the thing I object to Also, it's also real talk.
1: It's – Hey, we've just spent 20 minutes on this fucking guy. People should go watch Control Anatomy and the Legacy of the Haunted House by Jacob Geller. That's a good video. Another video I saw this week that was good that's about anime was racism in Dragon Ball Z as told by Yudoye over on Getting the Robot. We spent 20 minutes talking about this guy who fucking sucks. We do not shout out the people who make content that is good. And it is infuriating. Like there's a conversation today about the KFC visual novel that was going on uh, this morning on Twitter between two uh, people who do great work in our in our space, uh, Anna Valens at the Daily Dot, and Patricia Hernandez, who's at Polygon now, or is she at The Verge still? Mm-hmm. Um, about oh, yeah. about why is the KFC visual novel getting all of these uh, – getting all this attention right now inside of the games press? Whether – is that is that a reflection of bottom line? I know our audience is going to get this. Uh, to, to be clear, in contrast with visual novels that hit every day, to what degree do those not get attention versus this getting attention because of traffic goals and et cetera, and et cetera, et cetera? And part of what the the conversation there is about is – Uh, about the difficulty of reporting on small things that we like and the ways in which our biases naturally move, not naturally, have been influenced and curated and and cultivated to move towards big stories. Um, I am on the the side that says we have to talk about big stories. I I did not start a a website to only talk about indie games. I did not start a website to only talk about uh, small YouTube video creators I like. I think it's important that we talk about the PewDiePie thing, Rob. I am glad that you that you flagged this and that we should spend the time walking through it. But we should do the work of also building people up. Um, there's a. <laughs> Literally this morning, I read a newsletter from uh, Dong Wan, uh, uh, who, is my, who is my agent, who has a newsletter in the publishing field, Dong Wan's song. He's a fantastic guy. So like, you know, disclosure. Um, and, and he wrote a, a newsletter today about the idea of sending the elevator down right? You get in the elevator, you go up, you fucking make it up, you claw your fucking way through. In this scenario, I guess the elevator is filled with monsters. It's tough to ride (laughs) an elevator. I don't know. know, Maybe it's not even Maybe you take the stairs, you take the stairs. And when you get to the top floor, you see, oh shit, there was an elevator here. Hit the one on it, send it down to the people still there. Um, I just like want to make sure we do a little bit of that and that we don't dismiss the idea that, or, or that we don't fall into the trap of representing the entire space as already ruined um, because we've made those changes in this space and we should encourage others to do the same as many places as we can um, and, and to not accept a $50,000 donation as him clearing his name to begin with. Like that it, that to me is maybe the, the more important bigger conversation is like if he had given that $50,000, that is not a clean slate. That is not him like Oh yep, everything's good now. It is what you said it was, Rob, which is silencing criticism. Um, but I, I, I just can't. I don't want to play the zero sum game. Is is I think the reason I have that strong reaction here. I hope that that's fair.
4: Any other stuff here? What's what's? Nothing about coverage. Like I guess. Where I was coming from is I do not feel the need to say not all YouTubers every time we talk about PewDiePie. Like I think conflating him with an entire medium was a mistake in the first place. It remains a mistake. Trying to say to people doing good work in that space every time we bring up a person like this that, hey, we don't mean you. Man, I think at this point that is pretty clear. I think the thing that does – but where I would sort of shift aim a little bit is to the point Patrick brought up earlier – him also being fed by a structure and an algorithm that promotes stuff like this. At some point you do like, right. PewDiePie. I'm not sure you solve the PewDiePie problem by creating good content, because even if it's created the difference between this and like publishing. Yes. People still have to chase traffic and pursue big stories, but there's still a bunch of outlets. We just cited a bunch and we only scratched the surface. We talk about YouTube, one site, yeah. one curation platform that serves this, sh- serves this shit up again and again and again. And you can make really great critical video essays. And for some people, that will be maybe promoted into their feed because they have a certain viewing behavior that indicates they're into that stuff. But chances are they're going to get funneled into Cinema Sins at some point, <laughs> yes. trying to do this. And uh, so, where or where worse, right, think- or get funneled into uh, an alt right
1: and hard right Uh, a machine that can constantly spits out conspiracy theory videos. And next thing you know, you're on the Q train, you know?
4: Right. And, and so I think that's, that to me is the other part of this is I wish it were just, Hey, we need to go out there. We need to do good work and create good, like counterpoints to the type of shit he's putting out in the world. But I also think at some point we need to address the fact that the entire machine is set up, To kind of turn down the volume on people doing that good work and crank it. Uh, to the man I really need to get over these speakers you got it uh, <laughs> and really really crank crank up the volume on the worst people doing putting the worst stuff out in the world i mean this that, is, this is why i said that's what concerns me it, a lot
1: it is you know it's why i said like this is about organization as much as anything right it is about figuring yeah. out ways to build affinity networks uh figuring out ways to boost each other's stuff and honestly holding youtube accountable finding ways to and the thing that's so frustrating to me is like youtube has the Alphabet has the money. Google has the money to hire curators to figure out ways to – this is a Steam conversation too obviously, right? But these organizations have ways to – have the, the, the resources available to do the work of highlighting good – creators who are doing stuff that is genuinely creative that's genuinely critical genuinely thoughtful genuinely exciting um you shouldn't need to be part of you know the, one of the videos i I, sh- I shouted out earlier um the one about racism and dragon ball z comes out of uh the cartoon hangover like collective uh, b- not collective, corporation, uh, which is like a big business. And I don't think you should need to the – p- the potential of YouTube is that you can be an individual creator uh, and it shouldn't come down to the reason I saw that is because it was part of a huge network already. Um, the There are ways that YouTube could change the way its format works to support new creators, young creators, people who are making good stuff. And I think, Rob, you're like 100% literally the, right.
3: If, if the hose was pointed differently – yes. Like it's their it's their choice where the hose gets po- like pointed, and so at this point, yeah, like the the structural issues are on them, less on PewDiePie. PewDiePie takes the criticism, but it's you know the algorithm and what it chooses to highlight as a result of their ph- philosophical choices. Well, I mean they're in the same spot as, as Twitch, right? Where they're, the 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 their highest you know the highest trafficking yeah. people also are, also tend to be their worst, and then that creates an incredibly negative cycle that. We just play out over and over and over again.
1: definitely. It's all very frustrating, and it's a space that I wish um, twitch, especially I think actually, where there was more transparency in what that process actually looked like.,
3: um, uh, nah, that doesn't help them though because then no, 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 of the, course the, not. you can be held accountable for for rules like the 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 obliqueness that's the lack of transparency is part of the oh yeah <laughs> part of the footprint. <laughs>
1: <sighs> Is there other less infuriating <laughs> news from this week that we would like to to touch upon before we wrap up?
3: Oh, so I don't know. So I didn't watch that TGS, the 50-minute. I watched Stranding like 20,
1: 25 minutes of it.
3: Um, Man, I told this to
1: Kata right before we started. If anyone who complained about stamina bars in <laughs> Breath of the Wild <laughs> says they love this game, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Uh, it's different. It is different. But a lot of bars. A lot of like, a lot of particular. So we're talking about Death Stranding. There was a fifty-minute-long Death Stranding video that came out of
3: TGS this week, um, in which, like, man, what? There was a note from Kojima that was, was like, "Hey, people don't seem to understand what this game is. Do you trust me? If you trust me, don't watch this video. If you want to know more of like literally the structure of this game." he's like like to the point where i think he like chain like mm. changed elements in the like the descriptors and like character names to like hide wow. plot elements um but that you could watch it and understand like a f- like a flow of like a an hour of playing death stranding which i mean is fair like th- even you know i know a little more of the flow of the game because like a year ago somebody told me but like Absent that information, even watching everything that's come forth prior to this 15-minute video. Like still, I mean, I could tell you, like, yeah, you explore some broken Can United I, States. Right. And there's ladders. Can I describe I guess, stuff and tell know. me if it matches what you sure. heard
1: or like lines up with? So uh I'd say like 25-30 minutes of this demo before anything like combat happened, right? This is this is like a lot of this game was like balancing Hell packages yeah. on your back dude honestly Whoa. yes yeah
3: no well they're not balancing like a mini game like can't you you can like items on the ground that other players have left i Did think see so that bit? i
1: saw a bit where you were spraying something <laughs> like, on like, like actual
3: like plus ones like oh, a like wow i love to, it like, items that <laughs> you consider stand on a
1: toilet you consider st- okay wow i didn't see that i saw a lot of um opening up a map and be like how the fuck do i get over there all right, I guess i will go yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, There's hell a yeah. bit where so so which is cool. You're a mailman or you're like a you're like a, a delivery person, right? Uh, you're you're delivering the thing. I just did was I didn't want to say mailman. I was like, uh, what's a, what's the what's postal delivery? What's the what's the word I'm looking for? How do I ungender this in my brain? And what I went to was mailman, which is not that's as if it was uh, uh, of the New Hampshire mailmans uh, which is not right. The is that
3: an XFL team?
1: Yeah, the, <laughs> the New Hampshire mailmans uh, You're you're a, a like a uh, courier. courier. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for being my brain today. <laughs> Um, and that means delivering stuff to these like cities that seem to be, I don't, know if they're underground bunkers. Like, I don't know what, what they are. Cause you don't see a lot of cities. You see like tiny little settlements here and there. And you see a lot of like bunkers that you go to the doors of and drop some packages off. And you, this demo starts with them putting 30 different packages on the back of Norman Reedus, just like a huge, like <laughs> firm, hard backpack style, like thing. Just slot it in with a bunch of different shit. Everything you take is physical on his body. Uh, then he's like, all right, I'm going to make a, a note on my map where I'm going. I'm going to make a route here. I'm going to walk this route. Just, I'm going to walk in nature. I'm going to walk over these mountains. I'm going to try to cr- ford a river. Uh, and that bit, what, forge, not ford, forge a river.
4: Right? No, Ford. Ford, Ford was right. Ford. See, my brain is bad. Is there bad. a J in there? There's no, no, they're J. both I think they're both right. Okay. Is the thing. But I think one might be a corruption of the proper term. That but makes I can't sense remember. to me. Okay. Uh, this is where I got
1: to the stamina thing I was watching this moment where you're swimming across this river, you're kind of like walking through parts of it, then the river picks him up a little bit, and your stamina meter is like there's a full meter. Then there and that decreases slowly as you're crossing this river. Then as you move like quickly as you try to like hustle across, it decreases faster and the total amount gets reduced too right? And so by the halfway point of this river he was down to half stamina and was only getting it back when you're like standing still to recover your your like, your like stance. And then he got to a deep part and it all just vanished and he got picked up by the river and it switches to like paddle left, paddle right. And he loses one of the packages. It gets separated from him. He's like, oh, I'm trying to get, like, get back on my feet and then try to grab the package before it floats away. Uh, and when you lose packages or when you set them down, it will tell you like, oh, you don't have enough stuff to go turn in such and such a quest anymore. There's another point where he like put, You have to press a button to catch your breath when you get out of yeah, this river. he gets out of that river and he's like, all right, hold still, catch your fucking breath. All right, everything's okay. You're at the point I'm talking about. A little bit later, there's a bit where he gets on a hover skateboard, but to do that, he can't do it with all the shit on his back. So he has to put a bunch of packages down. And it felt like a moment when he was like, all right, I'm going to leave these up here near this rock. I'm going to skateboard, hover skateboard down this mountain to a to a settlement to drop off the packages I'm still carrying. Then I'll come back up and get the rest of them. Um, there's moments where you're using ladders to cross ravines. And using ropes to descend from stuff, and like all of that stuff, honestly, fuck me up, fam. Like I am ready to <laughs> play a game that is about the logistics of long distance travel. Like I hope I have to eat stuff in this game. I hope yeah. I have to make. I hope I have to cook. Um, and then the other half of it, Rob, uh, saying Rob here because like there are some stalker vibes here. Um, there's a moment where you cross, a, there's a moment where you cross a, a virtual line and it's like, oh, you're out of the chiral zone now. Like, I don't know what the chiral zone is, but I don't want to be out of it. And then like a little bit further in is when you finally get some combat and it is against some very strange apparitions in what looks like a ruined, like more urban environment. Um, and it it all seemed very chaotic. I mean, so Stalker obviously less, the apparitions are, are, stranger than things you could conceive of. They're not like there is a big weird chimera. It's a dog. Yeah, exactly. Oh shit, or, it's yeah. a dog. <laughs> it's real mad. It's a mad dog. Or it's a guy with a gun is the stuff that you end up against sometimes. in Stalker, obviously, it's like we're both. there's a ball of electricity in this room and there's a guy with a gun and I'm more afraid of the guy with the gun because he wants to kill me. <laughs> uh, he isn't just going to kill me. Um, but that stuff seemed really neat and visually pretty striking too. Um, I only skimmed the back half of that video, but, uh, you know, I have my issues with Hideo Kojima, Mm. but I'm ready to disappear into a game where I'm climbing a mountain for 30 hours or whatever. Um, it, it, it is going to be interesting to see how that game is received because it feels, it feels like an extension of stuff in Metal Gear Solid 5 that is not. Just the
3: military stuff, but not in the direction I thought. Yes, a hundred percent. Like there were different spo- different paths he could have walked yep. after that game, and this one appears to be the big open space, but just not with that much in it. But there's there's depth at a different you know at a different angle, um, and that
4: angle involves ladders apparently. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm <laughs> into really this because like some. what it really sounds like to me is like Tarkovsky Stalker. Yeah, yeah, that's or, that's really um, what I mean. You're right. Or yeah. maybe like something like Picnic and Hanging Rock. Mm-hmm. Where and I'm I'm super into that form of like horror and tension, where like what what are you even afraid of? Like it's just an empty landscape. It's just it's just nature. But it is also somehow recast. And you're sort of given time to just soak that in. But the thing that is so hard about uh doing something like that is you end up Struggling with some of the pacing issues that I think are almost inherent to what we sort of call the walking simulator genre, where as much as you want that downbeat moment, that long lingering traversal of open space, there is also a point where, and this will be different for different people, but there will be a point where you decide like, I think I'm ready to move on to the next thing. I think right. I have I think I have seen I think I've seen enough. And that's going to be a really personal thing. It's going to be a really hard thing to to dial in. Um and to some extent cr- evoking that feeling necessarily means you're going to control the pacing a little bit more and take it a little bit out of the player's hands. Uh and I think that I think that gets tricky. I think yeah. I think to something like um Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, a game that I did not like at the time, but I've also never really stopped thinking about. And I think a big part of that is the act of playing it frustrated the shit out of me. And the moments that it unfurled really landed for me and they sort of stuck with me. But just that sort of glacial, no, you're going, look, you are going to... See see that point B all the way across that field. You're going to walk there, mm-hmm. and it's it's like Todd Howard's coming to your house and is like <laughs> holding you hostage, and it's like no no no, you're going to walk to that mountain, mm-hmm. and that gets that gets uh, a little uh, that can be that can easily be frustrating
1: for different people. Uh, correction: earlier I said you, that that uh, Norman Reedus Sam. What's his last name in this character? Bridges. Is it Sam Bridges? Yes. Okay. Because is it built, Sam?
2: He's building bridges. I think it's Sam.
1: I thought it was like uh, another word for courier or another word for bridge. No, yeah, Sam, Sam? Bridges. Okay. Uh, very funny. Um, he was going down there to uh, uh it looks like what I would say is uh, choke some motherfuckers out uh, <laughs> and take their shit. So there, you get some, you get some stealth action in in here also. Um. Yeah, Rob, I think that you're totally right when it comes to the, that, that pacing question. Uh, and it is why I'm curious about the reception because the fandom around the Metal Gear games is one of a certain sort of trust and a certain sort... It's a mix of trust with experimentation and an openness to rationalization. Um, a lot of things that, that those games do, I think, would have been rejected if they'd come from other designers uh, or were dressed up in different packaging. If they didn't come along with uh, certain characters or certain uh, settings, like there, which which is not meant as a total criticism of Kojima. It very much is like. Yo, man! If you have that buy-in,
3: do something cool with it. Um, that's more. That's more on the commun- like the, the the fan culture around him, than it is on him as a totally. Designer, even if he plays, totally. Like
1: that. it's like I'm so much. I'm so much happier looking at the Metal Gear games and being like, it's like goes back to the Armored Core thing I was saying before. That five is so different from four, which is different from three, which is you know close to two. But there were some there were some moves that I would be if there had been just. Five Metal Gear Solid one and twos, you know what I mean? Um, I I keep meaning to go back and play more five. Actually, it's been like top of mind lately. Um, some of the narrative stuff there really sucks, but that experience of like figuring out a strategy for approaching a base and clearing it was is the most fun I've had doing that
3: sort of thing since Far Cry uh, two. I liked the approach, and then the moment I pulled the trigger it was yeah. like a, just a, a real down. Like I just never liked. I've never liked the way just like those games feel yeah. hmm. in combat, just never got a handle on them. So it was always like I loved the approach and exploring in in five. Um five, I, like the moment the actual info five like the combat was the best it had been for me, but Sure, Only yeah. on
1: a certain scale. Like, there was a, there were definitely, I have such a strong memory of having a uh, way too extended gunfight next to a river in some side mission in that game that just wouldn't fucking end. And it was infuriating and not fun at all. So I think, yeah, it's like if I go back and commit to being just very stealthy and not doing the thing where I let grenades roll down hills, maybe I'll actually have more fun. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. There's some cool vehicles in this trailer, you know.
2: I don't know. This game seems more
4: in like. The, oh, go ahead.
2: No, I was just gonna say 5 is on Game Pass, isn't it? Wow, is it? Pretty sure. Yeah. yeah.
4: So is there is a Metal Gear collection on Game Pass? And I was I was kind of huh. curious if it's good. Huh. Um, it's like the old. It's like it might be two and three. Okay. Have you nice. played through those games before, Rob? I know those like a pretty big PC no because period. you have to remember how quickly. Metal Gear fan – like Metal Gear came out and then almost overnight you were dealing with Metal Gear fans. And there are a few things more off-putting than having people just narrate the entire plot of Metal Gear (laughs) 2 to you without you ever having seen it at all. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like – so like for years I was kind of prejudiced against these games because instantly just hearing about Metal Gear and people trying to tell me like, hey, you should give Metal Gear a shot instantly transported me back to like waiting in line outside gym class for the period to start. <laughs> and somebody just being like, so then, uh, you know, it's your brother Ocelot. And I'm like, dude's name is Ocelot. And he's like, yeah, I was like, is he an Ocelot? And it's like, no, it's a spy game. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's just like just an endless, like who's on first, yeah, uh, throughout like high school and shit.
1: That's fair. Um, I, I don't know. I'm cu- I'm s- see, I like I'm, I am one two five fan I oh, know really. I I I like hmm I, I don't one. like three three was monotonous for me to play through but I think I don't know I want Rob to play these games now yeah. really bad Yeah. Actually. I badly want Rob's take on this whole series <laughs> I hadn't thought about it until now but
3: he'd hate it and
4: then also love uh-huh. it and he'd love that he hated it yeah
2: I need to play five. Something that really
4: frustrates me is I often hate things in the moment. And then three years later, when I've been sort of turning it over in my mind nonstop ever since, I'm like, It's like that fucking romantic comedy moment Mm -hmm. where someone's like, Man, like for someone you hate, you sure do talk about her a lot. (laughs) And it's like, what? (laughs) And then it's like, you know, that that's me and a lot of art that I've come (laughs) to treasure. Yeah. Is like me like Let me tell you why that thing fucking sucks. Oh, but here's what you're going to say. Here's your interpretation, but here's why it's wrong. Because actually, the subtext of that entire sequence is, uh, and the next thing I know, it's like, damn. I really want you to play I really now. care about this. <laughs>
1: I really want you to play all of them. I really yeah, do. Yeah. If only we had the time. If only we could have the ability to make Rob Zachney play through all of Metal Gear. It would God. be so good. Um... Are you well, play? we'll just do our
4: next 101 on
1: it. Yeah, our next 101 will be uh, <laughs> yeah. the Metal Gear series. Lore reasons Metal Gear. We're finally we'll yeah. squeeze that Yo, in. Actually. We'll squeeze it in. No big deal, right? No problem. We got, the, we got the we got the we got the the staff size for it now. No
3: games out right now. Either. None. No, yeah. No, no. It's this slow, is like a it's real period. dry period. Yeah. So real I felt dry. like maybe we could
1: sneak in every Metal Gear real quick. God, the um, there's like a boss fight in this that looks
2: Goose Game comes out next week.
1: What does Goose Game? Goose game. I said ghost game. <laughs>
2: Did untitled you see their tweet goose today?
1: Game. Did you see their tweet today? The untitled goose game tweet? No. They were like, we want to make something clear. I'm paraphrasing. We want to make something clear. We keep seeing this brought up. People are saying the name of our game is Untitled Goose Game. It's officially called Untitled Goose Game. That is not the name of the game. The game is untitled. The game does not have a name. <laughs> untitled Goose Game is not its title. Fuck off. It's so good. Uh,
2: you know what? That's, f- that's fair. Look, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh! I went to fucking grad school for art. Uh-huh. You put Untitled on a goddamn nameplate. That is the fucking title. That's the title. God damn it. Listen, motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> I went to game- GameStop, and they said, what are you here to buy? And I said, Untitled, Untitled Goose, Goose game. game. And they said, do you want to join our Power Up Rewards program? Also, we're about to lay off a bunch of people. Unfortunately, that's not good. Fuck. And I said, "I'm I sorry." See you brought a that. new
4: copy of Goose Game over. <laughs> How about I give you this used copy from below the counter? Five dollars off.
1: <laughs> also, I'm taking all the furniture and fixtures here. Bye. God. Um, anything else out of TGS? The new Final Fantasy trailer. Uh, I didn't watch the gameplay one, but I watched like the story one uh you know what i'm in let's go let's sure let's just giant holographic shinra ceo sure
3: i just think that's if that game is like you know 30 40 hours long that's a long time to spend in like in mid-gar. a very yeah. samey looking yeah. space i don't uh, think it's gonna be 40 hours will... do you
1: think it's gonna be 40 hours
3: well like it's it's probably 20 to 30 hours would yeah be actual yeah guess
1: the combat looked really cool. Oh. Uh, there was some like some cool, like, exploring, using... There's a moment when Barrett uses a gun to clear a tunnel, which is good. Like, to clear rubble yeah. out of a tunnel.
3: Good. They're keeping the cross-dressing sequence. There's some stuff... Mark know. Hamill Deez is in the that... cross-dressing sequence.
1: What? Oh. Don Corneo, cool. is the Mark... shitty dude. Oh, he's voicing, he's voicing the, the... Uh, yeah. the... He's voicing Don Corneo. All right. That seems... So they're doing okay. that. Uh, they're, they're the guy who... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... To be clear, I just want to be clear, Don Corneo is not the character who cross-dresses. Cloud cross-dresses to
2: infiltrate Don Corneo's...
3: I forget. I forget. It's been so
2: long. um, Where does the chocobo racing happen?
1: Outside of Midgar. Okay. Later. That's later. later. Then
2: at some point I did play this and I have scrubbed it from my memory. I mean, there's
1: chocobo racing in a
2: lot of these. No, like... Seven? And, and they may squeeze got, stuff like I got that to in. Oh, you're saying you played some 7. I played 7 up to Choco Racing, and then... Well,
1: that's still disc 1. You can still do it in disc 1, right? Or is that disc 2? Do you leave Midgardens at the end remember. of
2: disc 1? Well I was on the PC I think that's the end version. of disc 1. Oh, uh, so it doesn't even... It doesn't even track that way. Uh, also, fucking... I, this happened a couple weeks ago, and I forgot to say it, because there's no reason to bring it up otherwise, but I found, in a free box, the... PC version. The IDOS published PC version. Oh, the old PC version. Of Final Fantasy 7. Wow. Uh, the discs look clean. I think I'm okay. going to finish that game on PC for old time's sake.
3: This one is way later. <laughs> Nowhere else to buy Final Fantasy 7 in no, a format. No, not at all. Format.
1: The no. end of disc one is way <laughs> later than I thought it was. Huh. You were out. It's not after you leave? It is not after you leave. You do a bunch of shit mm. afterwards it looks like.
3: Um... You ain't leaving that city in episode no, one of this. I though, don't think so. I don't think. I don't so. think
1: uh, Patrick. What I'm going to say is the thing happens at the end of Disc One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's not yeah, in that yeah, city. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Wait, isn't the motorcycle bit leaving the city? Yes. There's motorcycles in this. Well, then maybe th- maybe <laughs> they leave the city. Yeah, that's like the end. But it's like heart.
3: Yeah. Hard- I got to imagine that's how they end. Right. The first chapter right. is with that. It would be
1: dope bit. if they didn't. It would be dope if they were like, no, this is through. But it hasn't been enough time since they announced it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they yeah. maybe they got a good pipeline. Maybe they hired extra people so that they wouldn't have to work people to the bone and make them work overtime to make a
3: huge game too mm-hmm. quickly. Yo, this Ring Fit game looks cool Yo. as hell. Okay, so and can I, I tell you a thing that
1: it. everyone should do just mm-hmm. to replicate the experience mm-hmm. I had this morning with this game to make this all about me again <laughs> is hit play, then mute the video after you hear the snap, after you hear the switch button. Um, Because that's what happened to me the first time I hit play. So I just thought the first 30 seconds were intentionally silent of these two conventionally attractive white people holding this weird, like... firm hula hoop shake weight, shake shake thing. weight thing and kind like of,
3: it's shake weight adjacent it's, sh-
1: it's adjacent to a shake weight it's
2: yeah adjacent in so far as it will make you make the same goofy ass movements that yeah. are gonna be gift uh, over squeezing and, over and again. shaking
1: and yeah. moving. and they are in their best business casual and they uh-huh. are like facing the camera with very big smiles very big eyes <laughs> presumably talking about fitness and i was just like is this a Is this, oh, wow, I can't believe Nintendo got a Black Mirror season just dedicated to it. Because that's what it, without audio on, the first 30 seconds of that trailer feels like.
3: Or it looks like an FMV from Control. Yes. Like, they're explaining something they found in the oldest house, (laughs) which is this weird ring device.
1: The Ring Fit is an object of power. (laughs) What is Ring Fit? Why are you excited about Ring Fit, Patrick?
3: It's, they, they made like a JRPG that is attached to this. So, okay. So, it's a it's a ring that you put one of the Joy-Cons into, and you hold the 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 Joy-Con okay. goes at like at the top. It's like a big then, ring. It's
1: not like a little ring.
3: It's a it's a big ring. Like it's uh yeah, I don't know. Like a, it's a couple feet long. Oh, yeah. And then it, it it bends and squishes, and then you can hold it on the left and right. And then you put the other Joy-Con into like a like a gun <laughs> holstery type thing that like gets strapped to your, to your leg. leg. It gets called And it's using those accelerometers <laughs> To uh, like track your <laughs> the, the the one's tracking your leg, and then the other is tracking this ring. Uh, Apparently, and it's also tracking
2: playing... the tension, like it like sure. those extra
3: sensors where like as you
2: squeeze, it can tell. But it's not just like the joy. HD doing Rumble,
3: that. HD exercise. I, I believe it. Yeah. Um, and you're playing. Yeah. They have like different like just straight up exercises, but also you are like playing. Like a mild JRPG, like where you're like, when you're running, you're running through the world. just yep. so like tracking your runs. And then there are like combat sequences where different poses and your different poses and exercises are your attacks. And so it's like, they might be weak to, I don't know, Squats. like an ab workout yeah. or a squat. The and ab
1: one, Remember the ab one is your defense. defense. <laughs> is that a defense? Yeah, yeah. defense <laughs> is squeezing this ring against your abs. But, like, there's like, oh, yoga style attacks. And there's, you know, uh, arm strength style
3: attacks mm-hmm. and squat style attacks. They're all different exercises. There's different skills, like squat, knee to chest. I'm looking at the Good. video Good. now. And it's uh, like color coded
2: chest. It it's really charming. So you know which ones to pick and all that. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Weaknesses.
1: I, this is getting dragged right now. I'm with you, Patrick. I think you're gonna drag. Fuck no! I'm I'm I'm, I'm all yeah. <laughs> Give me this. Give me.
3: I got a give really me big exercise team, bullshit,
1: and they need some really big rings, as Drake and Future said years ago. I really think that this this has a place in my life. <laughs> I would try this. This seems I, real talk. Like the fact that it's tied to a thing that has, uh, you know, ongoing progress. Yeah. Um, unlike something, I don't think we fit did that. Like we fit up. Uh,
5: your, progress, your body
1: yeah. obviously yeah. has ongoing it tra- progress. Yeah.
3: It what you were doing, but it didn't have, like, lo- you I weren't, like, mean, leveling further... up a character related to your yeah. exercise. Right, purpose. It exactly. further
2: gamified the specific, like, progress. That as, you were making yeah.
1: for yourself, which is the thing that should matter yeah. to
2: me. <laughs> right. But. If
1: I can get my character's sit up skill yeah. maxed out, then I'm going to finally be able to take over that skeleton castle, and we'll see what happens yeah. from there.
2: And there's a reason I did DDR for so long. It's just, it's, it's it's fun. fun it's
1: right. Fun. Like it's fun. Who <laughs> knows also... if this is actually fun, but I'll, I'll try it. Yeah, Hell yeah, for sure. Definitely. It looks all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. So. Totally. Um, other news this week. Did you already hit the cube world? Did we? I did don't you think talk so. No. no.
3: I mean, Q Cube, yeah. Cube World. I mean, what is... The, Cube World's back. It's back, baby. It's
1: back. I always <laughs> held out hope. I, we've talked about Cube World before. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Compared to my friends, I did. <laughs> Com- compared to my oh. friends... On a scale of... Uh, maybe what I really mean is, I was never that mad compared to a lot of people. Mm. Not because sure. I... I never thought that game looked that good, so I didn't really understand what people were all so, so mad had the, about. I had the opposite experience, which is I spent $30 on that game in 2013 or whatever, and then I had a good time with it, and then it stopped getting updates, and it was not finished. <laughs> the game I played in 2013 or 2014 or whatever was not at all a finished video game, but I had like a good summer with that game. I probably put 40 hours into that game, maybe put 20 hours in that game. I had a good time, and did I hope that it would get finished? Absolutely but I never felt like I lost out. Even then I was dirt broke in that, you know, I was making 15 grand a year or something. I put 30 of that dollar, 30 of those dollars towards cube world, <laughs> but my like 10 sessions playing with friends. Yeah. I got what I needed out of that. So for me, seeing him update this, uh, this game, uh, theoretically coming out September or October, he says, we'll see if he, <laughs> if he hits that. um, uh, I'm excited to to try some more of it. Uh it it was a very charming game. It was a game that was in, in the right moment at the time when that alpha hit and now it's hard to know I mean I thought it was going to be hard to know has the moment passed? But that video, that trailer immediately got hundreds of thousands of views like instantly. Uh people are are excited about it again. I think honestly the fact that Minecraft is having a moment is well timed for this mm-hmm. release to hit um because it has voxel style, you know graphics that are based on cubes, like the name Cube World might suggest. Right, um, There's a video that's like a nine-minute long gameplay demo that's probably worth watching because it just gives you, like, all right, here is what this game is. Here is, like, what an arc of this game is. Here's what's sitting down, exploring this procedurally generated world, fighting some bosses, you know, fulfilling some quests, getting some upgrades, blah, blah, blah. Here it is. Like, this is what it looks like. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. I'm ready for it. Ah, uh, I thought I had, like, one more... Thing that was not a TGS thing, but now I'm forgetting.
3: Ah, we don't need to talk about the Borderlands stuff. Well, now you've said it.
1: <laughs>
3: we don't have no no. no. I got a co- I got. Did you get a code? I got a code. This I got a code. No I, more I security
1: concerns. Been. Did they tell you security, no security concerns? concerns? Is that was that the line mm-hmm. that you got also? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You do yes,
3: you believe it? Yes.
1: Given, uh, given what? The, no,
3: I th- I think that game was coming in extremely hot, okay. and they were trying to keep it tight. Window on who could play that game and try and uh, encourage, which is that's the yeah, yeah right. Yeah. There's I I have no I, I should make it clear like I there's no fundamental right to get access to play Borderlands three early. Um, what I take issue with is just like just tell me straight yeah. like, the PR people have tiers they restrict who gets access to games. <laughs> I have been we are constantly on those tiers in which the PR people tell you like, hey, don't tell your colleagues you have a copy of this game um, and that's I get it. Um, part of that is like they trust certain outlets at different ranges when like things are going to, they're worried they're going to get linked. This happens a lot with like Japanese uh, companies who are like much, often much more strict about uh, story leaks and stuff like that but you know 2K telling me like yeah you know you're not going to get code till like 25 hours before because security concerns i'm just like just tell me i'm just not at the top of your just it's fine yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm good like my ego's not gonna take the hit i'm just trying to do coverage plans <laughs> and so yeah so we'll have was just have, strange you'll, you'll play
1: that game over the weekend presumably and talk about the guns
3: yeah i've never played the first two oh, okay. um and so i'm like my whole approach it was gonna like what like writing impressions of a game you know of a series like three games in, like what is it like to play Borderlands 3? I have a friend down the street who is an obsessive. Like, it's his <laughs> favorite series. Like, is just, uh, you know, it's his thing. So I was curious to check it out, but we'll, we'll see. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have a great take on the code situation. It's just, I mean, the game seems fine. That was all the reviews were just like, yeah, it's Borderlands, which is, I think we could have told you that, what, six months ago when it was announced? Well, I tell you, yeah, four months ago when we played it at, at E3. yeah, Like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's Borderlands.
1: Yeah, it's Borderlands. There is one more. For better or worse, yeah. it's, you know. Yeah. One more piece of news that I think we need to address, okay. the roadmap, the live game roadmap Ro- was announced oh. for control wow.
3: yeah, Did, so, hey, if you've not oh. played control you th- this is the end of the podcast, yeah like you're good, you're good like because we're gonna go into i was i was I was tapped on the hand by people at Vice, the, the social media team, for the way I wrote a headline for this. Wait, really? Because I didn't want to spoil it for wow. you. Wow. Um, not in like a ba- I'm no, te- i I'm, uh-huh. I'm teasing. I, gotcha. but
1: I know. I've, I've I int- seen those conversations happen in Slack. Uh, and now I can see them happen in Slack in
3: dark mode. <laughs> Shout-outs to there Yo, being dark yeah, mode. It's
5: great.
3: Yeah. Uh, I intentionally wrote a headline about this uh, DLC because I thought its implications, if you hadn't played Control or somehow had not seen some of the stuff in Control... If you're a, if you're a Stan, that you would have been mad uh, hearing about it. So anyway, yeah, I guess you should skip to the end of this podcast if you uh, don't want that part uh, spoiled for a bit. Yeah, it seems like they're gonna fucking make a Alan Wake crossover, and I am seems like t- losing my mind. I, to they over.
4: already did.
3: <laughs> I know, but like j- them them putting in a note that explains why the uh, the mugs were a collectible that Alan Wake had to collect, which is probably. In my top ten, like, favorite bits of control is coming up with a narrative explanation for that's a shitty collectible. Like, I'm here for the Great Remedy mm, retcon. Mm, I uh, think it's beautiful. Mm. But them coming up with a retcon that explains why you collected those <laughs> shitty co- co- like collectibles is just beautiful. Like, I was, oh, so good. Um, so that's next yeah, it sounds year. Like, it's like they have a huge, like, path of things coming out of the next. I did
1: not expect this to be a live game. You know, content roadmaps. There's all sorts. We, it's we just a, it's a season roadmap. pass.
3: Yeah. I don't. I don't yeah. know that it's any different than a lot of uh, a lot of games. I don't know if I go quite to to live game. I mean, we'll I see know. what the some expeditions of these, are. So yeah, there's... some
2: of these feel like pure. I don't know. What do you about consider pure? a live game? I, well, so the thing the thing for me here is like this is such a narratively focused game that I feel like the expansions that they teased at the end of this roadmap seem more like what I would assume is going to happen mm-hmm. but the things between then and now feel more game- gameplay what? focused. everybody does a photo mode though
1: yeah yeah I mean I'm that's... curious about expeditions but it's probably it, it says new game mode for expeditions oh. that's probably some sort of like
3: right which f- makes me feel like I need Arcade. to like lower max ex- lower your expectations oh, yeah. on what that is right. it's probably just like a reason to go around the map. That's Again, what I mean. Like, like, I didn't
2: expect that sort of thing to even be a thing they were trying to do with this game. Is like go yeah, around but, but the
3: They map, have those. But, they have the. They have the. The you know the, the right, timed missions right. already in the game, so it kind of goes hand in hand with that. But those timed missions, I stopped listening yeah. to. I you know every time that like big blaring signal went off, was like hey. Go back to maintenance and shoot and no, like, I'm good. That's, that's like I really what I don't mean, need a loot drop. Is
2: that like that all? Like I'm not super far far into the game, but like that all feels like not. It doesn't feel like what the game is is even. Like it's like I can ignore that and like I don't understand why it's even in there in the first place. That's what they
3: think the game is, though. So like, Which I that is, weird. is what the game right, is. Yeah. So I I, just... I I know that. Yeah, you can just play it as like a. Just equip whatever loot you get, go up the next level, and just ignore... Like, you can just ignore all that stuff, and it really doesn't make a material impact. But the Remedy thinks that's what the game is. So the Expedition stuff, I just hope it's more than just another set of randomized enemies. Like, it's a, maybe, hopefully it's some sort of meaningful mm-hmm. reason. But I, it's hard for me to understand what it would be unless you can think of something better, Rob.
4: No, I mean, like, my fear is that what we get are like, look, we added a couple rooms to the oldest house yeah. and an adventure is going to happen in there. And that like, look, I'll be happy to go around to different parts of the oldest house and that's cool. Um, but at the same time, like if you're, if you're sort of playing the Alan Wake card, if you're, if you're saying that there was this connection between these two stories and Alan Wake is actually a pivotal character in the control universe, then you know I kinda wanna go back to Bright Falls or so or or somewhere else yeah. entirely weird. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, uh, right? It's get like, back to the Cauldron Lake area. The framework of
1: uh the framework of of Control opens the door to a lot of different locations they could go to, both stuff in their own history, in Remedy's own history, but also new locations. Like, that's some of, of the coolest stuff to read about and get kind of glimpses of here and there in, in that game. And, like, I don't know. There's a whole world of weird shit to explore. Yeah. Let's do it. That'll be fun. Uh, and
3: if they can find a way where, like, Control's a hit and – You know, there's been some rumblings that, like, they're interested in revisiting Alan Wake. Like, there's a reason beyond just, like, retconning that they reacquired the the rights to Alan Wake from Microsoft. Um, You know, I'm curious what that would be. But if all that happens as a result of this is just closure for, like, that character and that arc via control, like, that's just really satisfying. And that's more than I ever would have expected we would ever get. I've kind of given up on the whole Alan Wake thing, and it's hard for me to imagine them even doing a sequel because it just seems like the appeal of that is going to be pretty limited. But maybe if you wrap it in Alan Wake sequel is control sequel, then you've got you know, you're cooking with something there. Like maybe they team up and (laughs) uh, something like that. Like, that's definitely where I thought that's definitely where I
1: think is this has to go,
3: Um, or at least that's what happens in this remedy cinematic universe is coming. And there's two story expansions. There's what the, the, foundation, the foundation, foundation, which seems to be an expansion of an area that you briefly visit um, towards the end of control without getting into you know the, the specifics of, of what that is. But uh, I guess you could say, Rob, that does sound like if that's Ati time, then I'm I, I, I'm I'm ready to go in his Nordic bath or whatever <laughs> it is that he <laughs> appears to be up to
4: at various points in that game. What a great sequence. Um, he oh, just great. goes to his lake house cabin and uh, takes a little vacation. I gotta play more. And of that me yeah, to pick me too. Up his, I'm so glad to be back. done yeah. with oh, so Monster good. Hunter, so
2: I can jump back in.
1: It's how it be sometimes. <laughs> this <is> literally <laughs> what I did to last the grind, night. Grind, baby. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> now you in it? <laughs> oh shit! I gotta write about the Genesis Mini next week.
1: Uh, that th- do you? Do you mean <laughs> I don't today? Think so. I mean, what really? Well, the embargo. embargo. Today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the embargo I have written down is the 19. Nope. What the fuck? Today reviews went That's out today.
3: Jesus. That's the release date. Jesus Christ. Uh
1: huh. Any new thoughts on the Genesis Mini?
2: Briefly. Uh, no, I mean, same shit. Same same shit. It's.
1: Well, we'll just talk after the recording.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Well, on that note, thank you for joining us today. Uh. I did get a weird question in my email that some someone wants to know, and it seems like this is a follow up to something that. Is tahini peanut butter? Does that does that ring any bells to y'all? Yeah. No. Okay. No. Heard of Weird. 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 Okay. What? It's fine. Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm Austin Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Kato, where can people follow you?
3: Wait, what
1: just happened? At A underscore Kato <laughs> underscore appears. Patrick, how about you? Mm-hmm. Where can people find you in the era?
3: Uh, I've your club
1: Rob, I how about find you? Me hanging
3: out with a skeleton.
4: Oh, nice. At Rob Zachney.
1: Uh, follow everything we do. Twitter.com slash Waypoint. <laughs> Waypoint.Vice.com. Shout out to Bowen for letting us use the track. Miss you off the E.P. Pale machine. Find out more about that at Waypoint.Zone slash B-O-E-N. Um, I don't
2: know what's happening anymore.
3: <laughs> Sucks to be a Jets fan. Sucks to, to be a Jets mono.
1: fan shout outs to Danielle who I hope sends us lots of pictures from the us theme park uh uh not theme park.
3: That's right. Halloween Horror Nights. Halloween Horror Nights she announced on that. Twitter yeah. that she was going. So, very excited. She, she announced on Twitter that <laughs> the, the, the embargo is up. The the embargo on Danielle's up. trip she
5: announced
1: that she's headed to Halloween Horror Nights.
3: <laughs> Have a good time Danielle.
1: Um we'll be back next week with some more. Peace.
0: The number one financial destination, YahooFinance.com.
2: I feel like I blacked out. No, they were just they were just <laughs> <poor> torcado. <Kato. laughs> Everyone said no at the same time. I'm like,
3: what the? Fuck? Like, I, like <laughs> no, that's the like of a meltdown. Oh so, yeah. Like, what? Is this a bit? We don't do bits on this podcast. What do you? I, what you, I, no, I what?
2: didn't realize
1: the bit was fine, happening. It's, fine. it's funnier. It's good. It's a good bit.
4: <laughs> well, Whoa. no, see, it wasn't really like we like we were both just kind of doing the whole like, nope, nobody here but us chickens thing. Right. Like, yeah. You're not getting yeah. it. Like, made it. Like,
1: yeah. yeah, 100%. Just, yeah. What, oh. Much better bit now uh, for the listener, for sure. <laughs>
4: They're perpetually in a state of like, wow, we just got blown the fuck up again in our division. What? Uh, That Belichick just like demolishes dynasties. He's like what LeBron did to Eastern Conference teams, like the Patriots have done to uh, the AFC.
1: There's a degree of like, um, it's just like everyone hears the footsteps, right? Uh, And your job as a coach in the AFC East is like, all right, I I know we have to play the Patriots twice. (laughs) I have to give you the confidence to believe we can get wins,
3: and like I, 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 that's the Bears, and that's the Bears, the Packers. Like at the end of the day, the Super Bowl means so much less than 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 those games. We did. You all talk about that game? Yeah, we're start. We're doing like a a, a Monday after after like our post pod is just Rob and I. All right,
1: good.
4: Having a moment.
1: I just wanted to make sure (laughs) because that game sucked. And not only because the Bears lost, so I was pulling for you. So bad. It was, it was, no, it was what a garbage
4: game. It was garbage. God.
1: Time dot is.
2: <laughs> My brain feels broken because every time anyone says time dot is, I finish it with a flat circle. Hmm and I can't stop it. Mm. I can't stop it from doing that. It mm-hmm. just does it on its own. I still own. never
1: saw the third season.
2: I never saw second either. I heard second mixed I
1: things. like second, but it's not a thing I recommend because yeah. I think that the, all the criticism is fair.
2: Right.
5: <laughs> um, but it
1: hits like a very particular spot of L.A. neo-noir that I love, no. um, and there's some real fucking scene chew- chewing in that. Uh, um. In the- Chewery is what I wanted chewery. to say. Scene chewery. Scene <laughs> chewery. From like Vince Vaughn that... I think is goofy and I love it. <laughs> uh, there's that long speech yeah, he gives at the end of that act or end of that season that I fucking every time I'm going to watch it and I'll be like, yeah, I don't know. It works for me.
4: That first season, I was thinking about this the other day. At, like now that I've sort of gotten some distance from it, that first season, of True Detective, like it's not a very good mystery. It's not like well plotted, and I'm not even sure it's that well written. But my God, are McConaughey and Harrelson just so incredible? Yeah. At it, yeah. that like that's what it The is. entire thing just works on their conviction.
1: It's a vehicle for them and their their uh charisma and and their rapport and like I'm here for it. It's fine. I mean, and that is also narratively the focal point, right? Like it is it is these two men and, and their relationship. And yeah. you know, we, we got a lot of stories about these two men and their relationship, but uh it's a good one of those and and they're they're fun characters who uh, you know, I think it was so much at the time there was a degree of like I would have cast this the other way. I would have cast Harrelson as the one off his rocker and like a little, a little eccentric and a little, you know, burned out from the job and turned into a, you know, seeing things guy. Uh, And and McConaughey is the the straight man, but like flipping it worked. Um, All right. Are we ready to do a podcast?
4: At 55? Um.
1: My closed oh, time no. it is so no. <laughs> I was like, "Are we ready to do a podcast?" And I went back to my own notes. All right, five seconds, five seconds,
2: five seconds.
1: I was a little late, Connor, but cannot,
2: it's fine. It's fine. I'll figure. You'll, you'll figure it out. Figure It'll be it out with enough. all those fucking. Uh
1: huh. <laughs>